This is The Monty Show, the truth in sports talk streaming. When you want unbiased opinions about your favorite team without the spin, all you have to do is find The Monty Show, streaming live and available 24 hours a day, seven days a week on YouTube. And now, here's Monty. (laughs) The Monty Show. Wow. I went to speak and choked all over myself, which is not uncommon. Uh, the advocates at theadvocates.com present the Monty Show live on your YouTube machine Monday through Friday, 2 Pacific, 5 Eastern. The advocates, the best injury attorneys in the business. Folks, I tell you every single day, man, car accidents. Did you see the former ESPN anchor who fell out of an RV while driving down the 405 freeway in Los Angeles? Uh, yeah, probably should call the advocates at theadvocates.com. Chat with an attorney live online for free, 24-7, 365. You never pay the advocates out of pocket. In fact, you don't pay the advocates unless and until they win your case. A crazy day of news uh, developing, um, I think, pretty much uh, across football if you will, uh, if you are one of our uh, great listeners, viewers, uh, connoisseurs in the state of uh, Jatah, Major League Baseball is apparently coming to Salt Lake City. Uh, well, we should back that up a step. The uh, Oakland A's are going to play uh-huh. um, in Salt Lake City, which is not Major League Baseball. Let's not get that confused. They're terrible. Uh, but apparently they're going to play um, – at Smith's Field, which is where the uh, Salt Lake Bees, a AAA affiliate of the uh, Anaheim Angels, play in Los Angeles. So that's a huge story. Uh, it looks like Gabe Davis is out for the Buffalo Bills uh, as Kansas City heads to Buffalo, um, which is, I think, a huge loss uh, for the Buffalo Bills as uh, Patty Ice and Taylor Swift come to town. I think that's a huge story. I think this Bill O'Brien to Ohio State um, is a huge hire uh, for Ohio State. And and really, I think Ohio State's on a roll. We've seen so much change uh, across college football with coaching changes and um, what now has been a mass exodus at both Washington and Alabama Um, And certainly it would appear uh, that Ohio State is in position to benefit from that. Uh, Will Howard is there. I mean, you're really in a position now where it looks like Ohio State is going to be in the driver's seat in the Big Ten when we get to spring football. Jake, I don't know that their offseason could have gone any better at this point. Absolutely not. I, I think they've done a great job. And I, and I think the, the thing for Ryan Day right now is that you have to understand you're one of the only teams in the Big Ten for this coming season that's really not going to experience foundational change, meaning that you're not changing conferences, you're likely not losing your head coach. Like, There's not like massive overhaul happening in your program in terms of leadership and, and just at the top level of your football program. And so, yeah, I think, you know, Ryan Day understands that he, he has to, at a minimum, you know, be one of the top teams in the college football playoff this coming season. And I, and I think, you know, the Kyle McCord experience showed him he needs more quarterback. You, you just simply need more. You need a guy who's more capable, more dynamic, brings more leadership. Everything that a quarterback does, you need more. And Will Howard does that. 
And so then you you pair that with Bill O'Brien, a guy who is uh, not scared to to ride his quarterback, not scared to to tell his quarterback, hey, you need to do better or this is not good or whatever the case may be, uh, and has a lot of experience. So I really don't think that Ryan Day could have done, you know, a whole lot better. And I think it's really important that this season, now, here and now, today, Ohio State sees that next level of success because I got to believe if Ryan Day is not competing for, you know, a national championship, if he doesn't get to the semifinal in this first year, the 12-team college football playoff, I got to think the threat of him losing that job is high. If you're Ohio State, you cannot continue to be mediocre in terms of winning a national championship. So to me, yeah, Ohio State's on a roll, but this is exactly the kind of offseason you had to have if you were Ryan Day. Yeah, and I think with the news that, um, you know, obviously Seth McLaughlin's there from uh, Alabama. Um, Quinshawn Judkins is there uh, from Old Miss. As I mentioned, Will Howard is there. And now if, 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 if you are in a position where uh, Julian Sayan, the freshman quarterback at Alabama who's going to enter the portal, without, uh, without restriction, I would remind you, uh, because Nick Saban retired, he was recruited by Bill O'Brien when he was at Alabama. And Bill O'Brien's at Ohio State now. I have to believe that Ohio State has to be one of the leaders in the clubhouse uh, for saying, like, this is this is a really good start to what I think, as you just said, and I agree 100%, it's make or break time now for, for Ryan Day at Ohio State. And I think it is without question that when you look at some of the programs around the country that are in question, the USC's of the world, I, I think you certainly have to put Michigan in that conversation. I think you certainly have to put Washington in that conversation, Alabama in that conversation. And I do think you have to put Ohio State in that conversation because we have no idea what's what the quality of talent is going to be. Well, now at Ohio State, I think we do know. And if Ryan, don't call me Lloyd Carr Day, can't win with a, a significantly updated roster, a significantly more talented coaching staff, I, I don't, he's just not the guy. You understand that Ryan Day now has given up play calling and offensive schematics uh, to Bill O'Brien. Like that is a, that is a big step for a veteran head coach. And I think it tells you just how, how important this coming season is and help. You look at Mike McCarthy and the Dallas Cowboys. Didn't Mike do the exact same thing? Well, I think it's a, it's it's a sign, just like you said, that Ryan Day a understands the important, of course, but b has the ability to set his pride aside in an effort to win ball games. I, I mean, I I I think it's invaluable to a head coach of any football team when one side of the football is just handled right, and you can trust that hey, every week our offense is putting out 27 points at a minimum, right? If we know as a defense that our offense is regularly putting up 27 or 30 points a week, that changes the way we're going to scheme and game plan to defend the opposition. Yeah. And so to me, when you look at Bill O'Brien and com combining that with, with Will Howard, Judkins, obviously Seth McLaughlin, like there's a lot of talent here. You should be able to, to score points, and frankly, you should be able to run the football quite a bit better. So the question really is for Ryan Day to that end, what's his defense going to look like? Because it has to be better. It has yeah. to be more physical. It has to be 
more wanting. You lost to Michigan because they kicked your ass up and down that field for four quarters. Yep, I agree. Make sure you hit the like button uh, right here on the Monty Show on a Friday. We have a full NFL preview coming up. Um, ooh, look at that. See, and, and this is really interesting um, that the breaking news from Adam Schefter, the Falcons have interviewed Lions defensive coordinator Aaron Glenn uh, in a virtual capacity today because I'll remind you, no employees of NFL teams are allowed to do in-person interviews until Monday. So they're doing these virtual interviews now. Aaron Glenn's another one of those names. I, I think uh, Antonio Pierce, by the way, uh, for those of you who did not see, Antonio Pierce is uh, going to be the head coach of the uh, Las Vegas Raiders. Um, that's a done deal now. So there's a lot of NFL to get to today. Uh, I, we are all waiting for a Bill Belichick announcement either today or I think Monday that comes Jim Harbaugh. Uh, we should have clarity on his situation. Uh, I would think by close of business three, four hours from now, though, it would surprise me if you hire a head coach and you're the LA Chargers and you do a late Friday news dump. That would be surprising. Um, so I would guess maybe we don't hear something on that, but uh, Antonio Pierce has been hired as a head coach of the Raiders. So we're starting to get some movement there. Mm -hmm. So excuse me if I'm a little bit of uh, of a uh, squirrel, but uh, please do hit the like button. 183 people watching. We only have 34 likes. So if you guys could help us out and hit the like button, that'd be great. Um, I mean, just a whirlwind of news today. And then the breaking news just out from Brett McMurphy. It has not been a good stretch of college football in the state of Florida. <laughs> Like, you have a tight end that's going into his 37th year at the University um, of Miami. Um, um, <clears throat> that's a cool story. Uh, but you have Florida State taking pretty significant sanctions, not getting into the college football playoff, and then suing the ACC. Mm -hmm. The attorney general and the governor have gone to millions of dollars now to try and get Florida State into the college football playoff that they can't get into because it's over now. And now the University of Florida, according to Brett McMurphy, is under NCAA investigation and has been since last summer for unknown violations. This is wild that I think inarguably the two largest football programs in that state, Florida and Florida State, now appear to be in not such great position. Yeah, and I think it shows you the ability to play the game and not play the game. I mean, if you're consistently in the state of Florida getting in trouble with the NCAA, that means you made egregious mistakes because, you know, again, what needs to take place for the NCAA to catch a wind of what you're doing? Well, you need to make egregious and in-your-face mistakes. And so, to me, you know, we don't hear about, and again, maybe we'll hear about it next year because the NCAA likes to announce things, you know, a year in arrears, I guess. But my point is, is that, is that you don't hear Georgia, Alabama, you yeah. know, the icon, like Ohio State, like you don't hear these bigger programs around the country constantly being investigated. Michigan's a little bit different because that was kind of a bigger deal scheme. Thing. There's a lot there, right? But like excluding Michigan, for the most part, you don't really hear about this kind of thing in one state isolated like this. And so 
I don't know. I think the other problem is, is Florida as a football program is trash right now. I mean, you guys are, are way underachieving, not what you were, uh, you know, so I just, I, it's not, it's not good times in Florida. It's not that's, ideal. That's probably the best way to put it. Uh, it's always ideal when Lopes fan, Lopes fan Gabe gives us $2 to say, can Salt Lake City really support two minor league baseball teams? See what he did with the A's? That's every day. Yeah, how about that story? The uh, Oakland A's are going to temporarily play in Salt Lake City. No, I'm not making that up. That the, the They're going to play in – I have no idea why you And would, it would appear – I, I don't think we're 100% sure on this, but I, I guess apparently there's also a possibility that they'll play games – in multiple markets that will count as home games. So like Salt Lake will be one, then they'll like Denver maybe. Like I it's just weird. So dude. wait, let me get this right. So Your weird. relationship with the city of San Francisco, the San Francisco Giants and the city of Oakland is so broken that you can't use AT&T Park, which is you get what I'm saying. Yeah. Uh you can't use the Oakland Coliseum. You 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 can't go to Sacramento and play in the play with the River Cats. You can't like this is remarkable Weird. to me that you're going to. It, what about the 51s in Las Vegas? You're really telling me the best option is Salt Lake City. Um, and I, look, I, I'm not hating, but your best option is Salt Lake City. That that's horrendous. Yeah. Uh, Sean Rollins gives 10 Monty oh, show memberships. Okay. Nice job, Sean Rollins. Appreciate you. Aaron Wilson gives a Monty show membership. Appreciate you. Good to see you guys on the show today. Uh, Mike Smith says like shaming. Okay. Uh, okay. Jeff Woodworth. O'Brien coached for 12 years with saving and, and the hoodie. No championships. Okay. So what does that mean? Um, I, and this is the one that I am amazed about. People are actually saying that this is a bad hire for Ohio State. I've seen this a lot, and I just don't understand this. If if you can't figure out that the offenses that Bill O'Brien has overseen have been really good offenses, I, I he's not the head coach. I would agree Bill O'Brien's not a great head coach. If, if I were looking for an offensive quarter, coordinator and a quarterback coach, Bill O'Brien's my guy. Yeah, I, I It's ridiculous. Stone man. Uh, just remember, Bill O'Brien couldn't win a national championship. So it's all on Bill O'Brien then. It's it, like he's the – so Bill's out there playing quarterback. He's the one that is tackling and um. – like you're, you're quite literally saying that it's Bill O'Brien's fault Alabama didn't win a national championship. You know – um, Saban was more happy when he went back to the NFL. Did Nick tell you that personally? Like this, this is wild to me. Yeah. Wild to me. And I, I don't like, if you look at Bill O'Brien and you, you look at the, um, you look at the quarterbacks that he's coached and you look at the offenses that he's coordinated and his resume like offensive coordinator and quarterback coach 21 and 22. Like how how are you how are you believing that he's like he lost to Georgia, right? Um 
Like it was George any good in what was that? 21 and 22 was George any good? Pretty good. Arguably the best team in back the modern era of college football. Um, like that's amazing to me. Um, let, he had Bryce young and I know, I know everybody's going to say it's Bill O'Brien's fault that Bryce young was bad with Carolina. Did Bryce young do anything? Did he go, go, was he drafted? He, he was right. He was an undrafted <laughs> free agent. Didn't win a Heisman trophy or anything either. Did he? I don't think he did. I, I don't think, I don't, I think Bryce young was a pretty shitty college. I, I, I could be wrong. Yeah. I mean, not good in the clutch Monty over here. Like, you know, couldn't read defenses. I don't think, I mean, just I terrible. Mean, he's no Tommy Reese, but he'll do. It's remarkable to me that we're, we're really going to sit here and say that couldn't win a national championship and that, Nick Saban was happy that he went back to the NFL. Oh, what are you talking about? <laughs> what man? are you talking about, dude? What are you talking about? And I, I would also remind you the guy won four AFC South titles with Houston. And yeah, it's true that he lost, he never got past the divisional round, but it, let's stop with this idea that somehow Bill O'Brien sucks as a coach. It, it, he doesn't suck as a it, coach. It dude. wears me out. It wears me out that we're we do this thing where we're like, oh, he sucks. Well, you guys, they you suck. guys can oh. have Tommy Reese. You take Tommy Reese. Oh, they couldn't. You, he sucks. He couldn't win anything. Nick Saban. I mean, turned the entire program over to Bill O'Brien. Like Bill and Bill O'Brien was responsible for picking out the jock straps. He even it was his job to seed the football field. Like, I mean, can you imagine how shitty Bill O'Brien is because they didn't win the national championship? Did you see how much jock itch went around Alabama's locker room? That was that a year? masterpiece of dog shit. I mean, are you kidding me? Bill O'Brien is a fraud. What are you like? Do you want to, <laughs> Stone Man, do you want to go ahead and re retract this, this level of stupidity? Or do you want to, what do you want to do here? I mean, I'll give you um, the opportunity to um, um, go ahead and. Retract that. Yeah, I'm not talking about that. You know. I don't like, think he's going to retract that, bro. Are you sure? Just just a guess, but, you know. Are you sure? Yeah. Like, if you look at, at 2018, um, I mean, the guy got the, – the they he got a four-year contract extension from the Texans. Terrible. And, again, he's in charge of – like, he was the guy that cooked the macaroni and cheese for the lunchroom. Let him cook. Yeah, let him cook. Right, he's a chef, <coughs> and everybody got food poisoning that day too. I mean, it was it was terrible, brutal. Stop! Like it's it's so frustrating to me that this is what we do. This is what we do. And I, listen, I'm here. I'm here for like the the conversation. But if if we're really going to say that Bill O'Brien couldn't coach quarterbacks, well, then what was Deshaun Watson all those years in Houston? Was Deshaun Watson? Deshaun Watson just sucked in Houston, right? Well, I know that he's really thriving now, right? I mean, under you know different head coach and coordinator and everything, he's really doing well now, right? I Better would remind you then. I would remind you that um, he was a Pro Bowler for four straight years and or three straight years in Houston. Uh, like completed seventy percent of his passes, forty eight hundred yards, thirty three touchdowns, only seven interceptions. Yeah, wow, man. Let me just tell you, that Bill O'Brien sucks.
I mean, if <laughs> listen, if if you need if you need a quarterback, don't call Bill O'Brien because Bryce Young in Alabama because it's garbage. Get out of here. <laughs> Come on, man. How bad can you be, bro? Like again, I'm willing to let you retract it if you just want to fall on your own sword. I I mean, I'm here for it. Whatever you know. Uh, Delaric, A's playing in Salt Lake City could be MLB attempting to see if it's a viable. In- no. So if it if you're trying to test if Salt Lake City is a viable market, can I just explain that uh, Smith Ballpark is a dump and it's in a terrible neighborhood? Now, it happens to sit just hundreds of feet away from the best peanut butter and jelly hamburger you're ever going to have. And really, it's a cheeseburger. <laughs> Lucky this 13. is a tasty burger. Lucky 13 is amazing. Bomb. You're not testing MLB following by putting a major league team that's barely a major league team in a minor league ballpark. I I would disagree with that. Just I, saying. I would disagree Just with that. Just saying. I would put him with the 51s because that's where you're going to play. Anywhere in California, bro. Anywhere. Like, there's so many options in California. What about Visalia? Like, good Lord. How about, how, how about Norco? Jake knows very well in Norco, California, the ball flies. It does. One of Jake's worst pitching performances in, in his high school baseball career. We we routinely joke about the word Norco. We'll watch a game like Bryce Harper hit a home run in the playoffs, and we looked at each other like, yeah, Norco, bro. <laughs> <laughs> Amazing. The Oakland A's have been playing in a temporary stadium for decades. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, nice tarps. You know. But off to a spicy start today. Yeah, has Stone Man retracted his nonsense yet? He hasn't. He dipped, I'm sure. They, people don't like truth bombs. Uh, Big John says Bill O'Brien's a good coach. I would agree. Tanner Plummer, uh, a team losing a game uh, goes beyond one guy. It wasn't all on O'Brien. Are you sure? <laughs> Are you? Hey, he stitched the uniforms for that game, Bill O'Brien. And did you see how crooked the numbers were? And kick a person when he's down. Come on. Do you? I don't know how many people know this, but I, and maybe it's just exclusively here on the Monty program. <laughs> Bill O'Brien is the one who couldn't finish shoveling the stadium in Buffalo last weekend. Huh? Bet you didn't know that, did you? Well, get your facts straight. Yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> wow. I Okay. Bailey Dietrich, I'll take uh, Bill O'Brien over Tommy Reese's offensive coordinator That's any day. That's what I'm saying, bro. Uh, you might Tommy might want to teach that kid to Damn. snap a football. Damn. You know. You know. Uh, Lance Johnson, DW, was a rapist in Houston. What? <laughs> Daryl Waltrip? Daryl Waltrip. Are you sure? Bro. Are you? I DW, is that true? I didn't. I'm a huge NASCAR fan. I had no idea. Uh, JJ, I just hope Bill O'Brien doesn't let Ryan get super conservative in big games. Um, I don't know. I think it depends on who your quarterback is because Will Howard is not super conservative guy. If anything, he's too, too explosive guy. Yeah. You got to dial it back. I think you look at that. My biggest question is, do you have at Ohio state? Do you believe that you, you have a difference making running back? Don't lose your, your contents of your Bob Amani said he was terrible. What? What? Because it's garbage. What? 
Um, and and I, I get it. I get it. And I, I understand that uh, Quinshawn Judkins, I don't believe he fumbled one time last year. That's not what we're about. But I guess the question that I have is when I look at their talent in the backfield and you're, what is Judkins? 5'10", 200 pounds? I, I'm, I am curious to, and I should look that up. I am curious what you, what do you have running the football? Because you don't need much with Will Howard. He's a true dual threat uh, quarterback. Mm-hmm. And I think when you look at you look at their running backs and you look at their you look at their depth chart, obviously with Judkins and Trayvon Henderson, that I mean you have a one-two there. But I'm just curious what you have and how consistently they will run the football. And I mean purely Will Howard turn around and hand it off because I think Bill O'Brien is a guy that very much loves to throw to his running backs. And it'll be interesting to see how much he asks Will Howard to turn around and throw the football. Because, uh, and I'm assuming Will Howard is their guy. Yeah. And, and I think, you know, Bill O'Brien's always been a proponent of, you know, skill positions in space, you know, just like whether that's a running back out in the flat or if that's getting his best wide receiver open, like that's been Bill O'Brien's signature uh, or stamp on his offense for a long time. And so, yeah, I mean, if it's, if it's Will Howard having to make the swing pass, great. I, I, I will can make that pass. Don't even worry about it. And and I think yeah. the, the, the real question is again, like I say, like what kind of offense can you put out there? Cause again, if Ohio state can put up 30 every single week against whoever as a minimum, and some weeks, obviously it'll be 70 against the terrible teams, but you know, against a legit opponent can put up 30 points. That's a huge deal, man. I, I I think when we were talking about the college football playoff, it was always, hey, first to 30. First to 30. Ohio State had no business playing Michigan. They couldn't even put up 20. And Judkins is a dominant force. I mean, yeah. he... I, I want to say that he's never not one time turned the football over at Old Miss. I'm pretty sure. I don't believe he's ever fumbled at Old Miss. Um, I don't think... I. I think that he'll – is he your number one? If you look at his his numbers, I, I'm pretty certain he had 1,200 yards in both seasons. Well, and, I, and I think the big thing is he's coming from the SEC, and that has a certain level of you know prestige to it, right? I mean, hey, if you can dominate SEC football, certainly you can dominate in the Big Ten. And yeah. it's just a matter of who you're running behind. Yeah, I mean, he's um, 1158. Uh, this past season, 1567, the year before 31 total touchdowns. Yeah. Zero fumbles, zero fumbles. So he's a workhorse. He's reliable, but he's not a prolific pass catcher. Now, obviously at old miss, you're not, I mean, you're not throwing to the running back a lot, mm-hmm. but I think when you look at Ohio state in the big 10, I think Bill O'Brien likes to throw to his back. So it'll be interesting. And will he be your number one? Like I just, I think you have a, I think you have options now. Last season, I don't know if you didn't or you didn't want to have options. I just, I'm curious how all that plays out, but we'll see. Matt Ritson, A's minor team, not Salt Lake, should play minor Phoenix. Y'all feel me? Would problem three team. Okay, well, you got to learn to type clearly, my guy. You know. Uh, Boston Mapes, won't the A's just play at the new stadium in daybreak? It depends. What is the timeline? When is that, is that stadium going to have uh, time and cost overruns. Like it, 
I mean, I, I mean, they're saying that that's what it's going to be, but I think we've seen this story before. Hey, oh, great. Hey, amazing. Here's a diamond of a situation. Oh, but then we get there and they've had a bunch of delays and yep. there's issues that pop up. So I, I think, yeah, sure, they can say it'll be in daybreak and that, that would be great. I don't think anyone would have an issue with that, but I don't think you can say for sure that that's the case until we're you know, six months out, that thing's done, and it's, you know, signed, sealed, and delivered pretty much. Uh, by the way, uh, Adam Schefter, Adam ES Schefter. ESPN, um, Chargers completed an interview uh, today with Dan Quinn for their head coaching job. Um, so interviews virtually happening all over the place. We'll see. What do you think ultimately happens with uh, Jimmy Bod, God, Dad, khaki guy well there was a clip that came out right before the showroom apparently where he said there's going to be a passing of the torch i guess he made some comment and so you know if that's what he said and if that's how he meant it then yeah i mean i think he's going to get hired by the chargers but uh but i but what i'm more inclined to say is yeah he's going to get hired by the chargers because they've got a financial agreement in place they did one interview with them that was nine hours long and didn't talk about football really like so to me, it just lines up that he's he's a good fit there. We've been over this. Like, Herbert, the offense, he's a quarterback guru. Like, okay, cool. It's a good fit. Like, I don't know what – I don't know how you interview Jim, an offensive guy, and then go to Dan Quinn, right? Like, I don't know. That doesn't make a lot of sense to me. So, yeah, I think Jim is going to get that job. It just kind of feels like maybe the Chargers are – saying, hey, we're committed to interviewing every single candidate just yeah, for the sake of it. I, I don't know that that comment, um, quote, getting ready for next season, um, and there will be a passing of the torch. It's awesome. I don't necessarily believe that we're talking about, hey, I'm passing the torch to whoever. Sharon. I think he's talking about the fact that free Harbaugh is going to the NFL, that half his half his best players are going to the NFL or in the portal at Michigan. I but let's not spin it. I think he's leaving. You can't go back to Michigan. I don't care what anybody says, he cannot go back to Michigan. Too much damage there now. I don't even I, I don't even I, I'm I'm not even sure that, that it's arguable at this point. He cannot go back to Michigan. TJ Beck. Has Lincoln Riley been found out at USC based on last year's record and perform found out for what? Yeah, what does that mean, dude? What do you mean? Yeah. I think there was always going to be – I mean, there's always going to be struggles, but it, it just depends on how good his defense is this coming year. I mean, obviously I, – I, you know, the Cliff Kingsbury thing is very interesting because I think Cliff Kingsbury is almost instrumental to USC's offense because Lincoln Riley, I mean, he said without saying Lincoln, he needs to be more focused on the total football team. What's happening around that program and on the field in totality has to be his focus. What does that mean? Well, that means that you can't be the offensive coordinator and play caller. And right now, very clearly, he has a, a high-level thinker and a really, really good offensive mind in Cliff Kingsbury, you know, as a consultant or whatever he was last year. I can't remember his exact title. Mm -hmm. But you're looking at a situation where if Cliff Kingsbury, and for those of you who don't know, Cliff Kingsbury interviewed to be the Chicago Bears offensive coordinator, which what the f are you thinking? I, on a one-year deal with Eber sucks? No, that we're not doing that. Um, 
but if Kingsbury should fall into the honey pot of the Chicago Bears, unfortunate, we'll never see him again ever anywhere. I think that I think that Lincoln's going to have some rebuilding to do. And right now it's very tough. A lot of guys have changed jobs. And so it's really difficult when we sit here and say, hey, but I, I don't know what you mean by found out. Lincoln Riley's a, an elite college football coach. Yeah. So I'm not sure what you mean by found out. You know, I think we, I think we try to go out of our way to, let's say, slander guys, but we try to go out of our way to insult guys with things like found out. And I just don't love it. Yeah. I, I don't great. love it. I don't. Scott of Greywater Watch, Ohio State versus Georgia National Championship game next year. We'll Maybe. see. I mean, there's a Georgia's got a lot of change too. So we'll see. I, I don't know. It'll be tightly contested. I think we can say that. I, I I think that, yeah, Georgia's got a lot of turnover happening. You know, Bama's not the same, of course. Uh, who runs the ACC? I don't know. Uh, who wins the Big 12? I don't know. Right? Like, there's a lot of movement happening here. Yeah. And I think we have no idea who's going to win what. Jake Gordon says, got my bucked up heading to the gym. Catch y'all later. Hey, um, what do you bench? Maybe it's under here. I, mm -hmm. no, that's empty. How about the, no, this one's empty too. Hmm. Too bad. We're out of buck shot. Unfortunate. I mean, huh, we're, Jake? Not, we're not out of buck shot, but I mean, I can get some for you if you want. I mean, if you want me to do that, I can do that. Look, I, uh, listen, I know Just it was... Just take a dice of AC, okay? Just relax. I know it was Bill O'Brien's job to have a buckshot here. Doesn't make you feel responsible. But why didn't you back up coach? Because <laughs> he's a terrible coach, and I'm not going to stand behind that. Well, when Bill O'Brien doesn't do his job and get me a buckshot, are you supposed to... I want better fucking execution. I mean, you, you, I'll get it. You should get it, dude. I, I mean, come on, bro. Yeah, like, you get it. You handle your business, right? In the fridge right there. It's good. Right, you handled your business, right? You're gonna be okay. You're you're gonna sit down, you're gonna pop a buckshot, and you're gonna be okay. It's yeah, no, okay, no bro. No thanks to you, asshole. Yeah. Where is the Italian, dude? Our internet was not working for most of today, and we almost didn't do a show. You guys don't understand the level of hell that I went through today, thinking about going home and just taking a nap or heading to the driving range. Like that was excruciating. <laughs> think about that. But I fought through for the honor of two holes. I fought through for the honor of two holes. I fought through his job every day while I am feverishly typing graphics and all this stuff. All he has to do is put one little Bucky on my That's table. Bullshit. Is that not your job every day? No. I do it every day, but it's not my job. So, oh, really? So, whose job is it? Uh, I think it's Bill O'Brien's job. Mm -hmm. It's Bill O'Brien's job. He's um, busy cutting the grass at Ohio State. Well, yeah, we're not making any changes. Supporting the Stone Man anyway. Yeah. Uh, just hit the buck shot. Telling you guys, best product bucked up makes. And so many of you. Oh, now we want attention too. Yeah. Maybe do Duh. your job. You can get some attention. <laughs> Duh, I deserve attention. Hello. You deserve what you've earned. And looking at your face, I wouldn't say you've earned anything. You're my, not wrong. My point is, by the way, how's the underlip doing? It's fine, dude. What's it look like? Are we keeping it? Are we keeping it bushwhack then? Yeah, there's no, there's, you know. Okay. I mean, once we cut it off, there's no going back, right? I will say I did cut a small squirrel's tail out of my ear today. 
but that's not really the point. Uh, the point is that buckshot will grow hair on your chest. Uh, don't take my word for it. <laughs> I mean, you can if you want. That's up to you. Uh, I wouldn't. Uh, but you can check out the uh, link in the description below uh, to get six free buckshots. And what I always tell you about buckshot, you guys, is that it just makes you feel better. Uh, yesterday, perfect example. I had a low-grade headache. Um, popped a buckshot. Hit my prize picks. Oh, speaking of which. How'd you do in prize picks last night, Jake? Awful. But I'm close to redeeming myself on Call of Duty picks here. Um, Lamelo uh, Ball. The projection for Lamelo Ball. Um, it, the projection for Lamelo Ball is uh, has changed slightly here. Uh, okay. He went from 26 and a half to 26. Well, we like it. I'm happy with it. Um, we'll have to see what uh, what goes on there. But uh, I I took my buckshot one on Prize Picks last night, uh -huh. fifty six bucks because, dude, if you guys haven't bet combo scoring in the NBA, don't. It's an addiction. <laughs> um, <laughs> Shea Galegis, uh Quackalander, um, um, and Lori McCarkinen. McCarkinen. Uh, <laughs> SGA and marketing last night, I had them combined for 57 points. Bojan. They combined for 57 points. Damn. Uh, and I had him at 36 and a half points, uh, rebounds, and assists. He got 38. So, my friends, really let me get this right. That alley-oop he threw to himself off the backboard, cashed it out for a motherfucking rip, right? Because it's a rebound. And it's an assist, and it's two points. I don't think it's an assist. I made that part up. You think you know it all. It is a rebound, and it is two points. He finished with 38. That's Boom. three. So two points in a rebound. I Boom. mean, Michigan fan takes your shoes and socks off to count this one up. Uh, two points and a rebound. That's three. The number was, yeah, I had to have 37. <laughs> he finished with 38. Okay. Pimp's going pimp. Yeah, dude. And then there's my guy, Colin Sexton. I had him at 19 points, and a certain somebody called me stupid and said I didn't know what I was doing. Like, for instance, he finished with 26. How'd you do last night? Awful, yeah. terrible, embarrassing. I, I cashed that $56 win. Does Keontae George play basketball anymore? He doesn't, actually. Or... I believe Keontae George was cut by the Jazz. Yeah, and by the way, the SGA Lori marketing combo. McCarkinen? Yeah, 57 points. Yeah, 57 points. Thanks, dude. You're Thanks. welcome. Uh, tonight, I have LaMelo Ball, 26 points. I went more. Uh, Nikola Jokic and Jason Tatum, uh, 53 and a half points combined. It's an addiction. I went more. And then Sebastian Ajo and Kevin Durant. Buddy's um, name is Sebastian, and you think you're winning with that? Okay, I'm sorry. Seabass A-hole. And we did, uh, we did. Kevin Durant, Kevin Durant, uh, combined for six shots on goal and three pointers made. Okay, feeling pretty good about it. All right, and then there is the hey, Monty, you're uh, you have an addiction problem, prick. <laughs> uh, so we're sitting here the other day, and Jake's like, Hey, we can bet on Call of Duty. <laughs> I really focused on the duty part because this was a mistake. So I took some white guy named Vivid. 
to have less than 53 kills? Of course not. He had uh, 62 today. Oh. Shotzi and Hydra. Who the fuck is Combined that for 103. Uh, it says I won. I don't know. And now we're sitting on some asshole who named himself Kleenex. Hey, my name's Kleenex, and I play for freaking yeah. Toronto yeah. in the Call of Duty League. <laughs> Focus on the oh, word duty, you, because you're getting screwed, bro. Yeah. We're losing because this Because it's one. garbage. I don't know how we got here, but my point is, get bucked up. The free samples are <laughs> <laughs> Happens when you take buckshot, bro. The uh the free samples are in the description <laughs> below. You guys are, are are welcome. This is the kind of quality it's, entertainment. Honestly, it's it's one of those shows, dude. It's Friday, it's you know, end of the week. Like, you know, just work with us a little bit here, okay? <laughs> oh my god. Jay Brandon says, uh, first bucked up today, thought it was great bomb pop flavor. Ooh, let's go. You went uh are you telling me you went rocket pop? Oh, that's uh, that's Buddy who DM me. Buddy, no, his name is Jay Brannon. Yeah, JB. Remember? No. Yeah, he sent us that picture last yeah, night. I, I I remember. Well, why do you say no then? Because I'm an asshole. I don't know. Because that's what came to mind. Oh no, I'm a contrarian. Uh, Rocket Pop's good. Make sure you get it online. Buckedup.com. Uh, H E B Maverick. Any of your uh favorite convenience stores. Walmart. If you're here in the great state of Jutta. Uh, where it's going to be 50 degrees again tomorrow. Um, what snow? You can go to Maverick or Walmart or any of the bucked up stores. Hook it up. Uh, Richard Tracy, schools not in the 12-team playoff this year include Washington, Michigan, USC, and Alabama. Well, no, because Alabama made the college. You mean this coming next season? See, I also think that people are like, oh, God, Alabama's dead. <laughs> well, I, and I'm I'm asking for a friend. What did you think was going to happen with Nick Saban? But here's the other thing. Kids want to play at Alabama. Mm -hmm. And I think people are like, oh, my God, Alabama has no talent. Every player has left Alabama. And while it is true that Alabama has obviously suffered significant losses in the portal, I think it's ridiculous to think that Alabama is is somehow in trouble or not in a good place. I, I think that when you look at guys like Austin Mack, I think when you look at guys like Damani Jackson, the uh, the corner coming from USC, uh, LT Overton, the lineman from A and M, like all those guys are coming in, and I think you have to obviously you have to believe. That, yeah, it's not great that Caden Proctor's going back home into Iowa City to uh, play for Iowa. That's a loss. Uh, Jameer Grimsley's a loss. Julian Sand, there's no doubt. Julian Sand's a huge loss. Yeah. Um, you Five-star quarterbacks don't. Five-star quarterbacks don't grow on trees. No question about and it. And now 247 Sports is reporting that he is going to Ohio State. So, uh, I mean, Caleb Downs um, is going to Georgia. That's a huge loss, especially when it's Georgia, right? But is Trey Amos a huge loss? Big loss, yeah. I not huge, but if you look at uh, Des Ricks, are we really dying over Des Ricks? Are we really dying? The guy that I think hurts you the most is, is on defense is is Kendrick Blackshear. Mm -hmm. That one that hurts. He's going to Texas, and listen, these are all Sark's dudes. 
Like that's why so many of these guys are going to Texas. But if I look at it, some of the other guys, I'm just not that broken up about it. Uh, Ja'Cory Brooks, that's not going to be a good one. That hurts that he's going. Like, I, I, And by the way, it's you, I think you're, you know, grossly underselling Kalen DeBoer's ability to coach a football yeah. team. I mean, the guy is, the guy went to the national championship game with Washington. I think he'll be okay. I think that you have a situation where you're going to have to figure out what Kalen DeBoer will be as a recruiter. But I also would point out to you, every school has multiple dudes in the portal. Mm -hmm. And I think you're, you were never going to keep all these dudes that came to play for Nick Saban because again, they came to play for Nick Saban and whether it is, you know, Caleb Downs, if you're a safety you, and you came to play for Nick Saban, he puts DBs in the flipping league, man. That's why you go play for him. Yes. Right? You you were recruited by by Bill O'Brien. Sam was one of the guys that recruited him was Bill O'Brien. He's going to Ohio State. Yeah. Like I, I mean I just I just don't think that there is a, a end of the world scenario when you when you're the Crimson Tide. When you're Ohio Look what look at the 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 turnaround Ohio State has done. And I, again, I think the school and you guys are going to say I'm being a red ass, but I think the school in real trouble here is Michigan because you're not going to have some massive influx of talent because you you know Jim Harbaugh is probably not going back there. And if he does, the penalty is going to be so stiff and severe. Yeah. I, I, I just don't. And it makes you wonder, like, how is the recruiting happening in Michigan right now? Like, what's the, you know, because you can't tell me guys like Sharon Moore don't know. I mean, don't tell me Sharon Moore doesn't know what Jim Harbaugh is doing because he does. Yeah, I, like, I, I just am not that. Yeah, they all know already. Yeah, they all know already. Uh, Ross Dellinger reporting the NCAA has sent uh, quite a bit of inquiries to schools over NIL, potentially dozens over the last two years. Uh, the Gators were definitely one of them. Some of them turn into full scale investigations and penalties. Uh, I think you are looking at. A, a situation where Florida, Florida State, um, I mean, you you cannot, you cannot possibly believe that the NCAA is just going to let collectives run wild, run roughshod. They're not going to do that. I mean, hell, BYU got investigated over NIL yeah. and nothing came of it. Yeah. So I, I just don't know that that this Florida thing is going to get ugly. And look, I, I think that, you know, Florida state and Florida are developing a reputation now, right? I mean, you're, you're two Certainly schools are. in the state of Florida, generally speaking, is developing a reputation for doing, you know, some not so great things. So I, I, I don't know, man. I, I, again, that's why I say like guys like Mike Norvell, I don't know how long Mike Norvell is going to be a Florida state, bro. Uh, you know, you, you're not respected because you're in the ACC. You're, your people are doing all this fighting. Like, when do you get back to just saying, hey, I'm a football coach. Like, I just want to coach a team that has a legitimate chance. That's a good question. And how long it, like he, he, I don't want to get into what Florida State's profile is, but is Florida State a high profile job in the way that Ohio State, Michigan, some years, some USC, years, USC, 
I mean, now it is because Mike took him places, but it it wasn't before that. Is it really? Yeah. I mean, I think when, when it was at the height of Jimbo's time there, yeah, Florida state was everywhere. They had a, they had a, a behind the scenes series going with Florida state. Like, you know what I mean? Like, so it's kind of one of those like mid table jobs that sometimes can push up to high, high level job, you know, while somebody prolific is there. But I don't think just on its face, it's like, oh man, I got to go to Florida State. Yeah, I think we are, we are, I don't know, I think we're in a very interesting time in college athletics. Yeah. Because I think that the transfer portal is, is becoming much more uh, of a revolving door uh, instead of an, ex, a, a, you know, escape hatch. I think it is. I fear for the quality of college athletics going forward. Mm-hmm. And if you are a Alabama's a great example. If you're an Alabama fan, you're a fan of the brand. You're not a fan of the player anymore. Yeah. It, it in in an exact reversal in the NBA, you're a fan of players. You're not a fan of the brand anymore. Totally. And it's it's really unfortunate, in my opinion. I I do. Uh, Steve Walgamot Jr. I hope I said that right. I'm guessing I didn't. Uh, I got bucked up uh, one time at Bucky's. Did you really? Bucky's is good. Mike Smith says such a blatant disregard for life. Okay. Uh, Lance Johnson, nothing is forever. See Mike Shula. Jesus. My, why bring up the? Why say such hurtful things? Like the the two words together, Mike Shula. No Alabama fan ever needs to hear that again. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> OG Gary, this Bama situation is like the 90s Bulls. They were uh this year they may go seven and five or eight and four. I do think DeBoer gets uh gets it to nine and three or ten and two, but it'll take three years or more. No, the, the here's why I disagree with that. Because the bottom 25% of that roster is more talented than the middle 50% of most rosters. And Kalen DeBoer is an awesome recruiter. He's an awesome recruiter. And I think I think that when you look at the way that Kalen DeBoer stocked talent at Washington, do you really think it's going to take him all that long to do that at Alabama when the transfer portal is so prolific? No. I I, I really did guys like guys like Kalen DeBoer um is not there those are the guys that don't they don't just forget how to recruit because they're not in in the PNW anymore. Mm-hmm. He's not just going to forget, right? Like it, 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 you're not just like, well, man, what do I do with high school kids? I mean, what? It, it doesn't work that way. So when I look at, um, you know, like Zadarius Rainey Sale is the number one number one. Um, high school football prospect in Washington. Right. I've got to believe that he who was committed to DeBoer at Washington, if I go to Rainey Sale, are you telling me that he's not going to, because they apparently have offered him at Alabama. Do you really think he's not going to go to Alabama to play football? I'm going to say he's going to do that. I'm going to say he's going to do that. Yeah. But hey, who knows, right? Who knows? He, 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 I would also remind you his number two option, Alabama, when he was being recruited by Kalen DeBoer. So why would Washington be number one over Alabama? And he's Polynesian. Yeah. Which is a big deal. So anyway. I'm just saying, don't undercut Kalen DeBoer, bro. Kalen is a very capable dude. 
Yeah, and I think it'll be very interesting to see what happens with his recruits because he had a massive recruiting class yeah. sitting there at, at uh, Washington. And I'm, I'm interested to see, like, I'm looking at the list of Kalen DeBoer Washington recruits. There's a kid named Marcus Harris. He, I've never heard of Matter D High School. I'm for real. Yeah, four-star wide receiver uh, from modern day. I'm going to guess that if you can play at modern day, you can play at Alabama. Absolutely. Right? I, I, I am. There is a documented path modern day to SEC school to NFL. Yes. I I would agree with that 100%. That there is, yeah, like, I just, <sighs> I don't know, man. I am interested to see exactly how how all this plays out but i think like jed fish at washington that's going to be a tough coin to flip yeah because if you're jed fish you're probably not recruiting the pacific northwest all that often if you're kalen DeBoer, everybody recruits florida everybody recruits alabama everybody recruit recruits georgia you have to kalen DeBoer has deep inroads in texas because you have to if you need offensive linemen, where do you think you get those? Well, I know Fast. where you get them. You get them in Ohio and Pennsylvania. Do you think? Uh, but what do you what do you get out of the the Pacific Northwest? It's a different it's a different kind of recruit up there. So I think you're looking at the importance of relationships, and I think that may be a little bit, but not much, because Jed Fish is a hell of a recruiter. Yeah, he is a he is he is very good. Adam Monks, what's up with you? Uh, Gumby fresh out modern day saints. No, they're not mo like Bishop it, Sycamore modern day ladder. Is it possible day, they can ride the D la ladder? You know, you know, it's all about the D, you know, Shaner as an AZ alum, I need to hop in the portal as well. You do. Yes, <laughs> well, yes, yes. You're not going to, you're not going to win. You're not going to win. Uh, when you have to go up against the like of Kirby Sark landing and lane and others, it will take him time. He's not going to go up against them. He's not like, and Gary, you get really hard lined with shit like this. I don't know how to break this to people. You look at Steve Sarkeesian, he's got three years of recruits already lined up. Kalen DeBoer at the high school level has already been going up against those guys. He's not going to compete with those guys in the transfer portal, which is where he's going to go to stock. He's not going to do that. They already are. He just because you're not at Washington and you're at Alabama, you're recruiting the same kids. He just played for a national championship. If Kalen DeBoer walks into a kid's house and Jed Fish is knocking at the door, who do you think they want to talk to? Go talk to Kalen DeBoer. If Steve Sarkeesian and Kalen DeBoer are there. I think you're probably talking to Steve Sarkeesian first, but you're not turning Kalen DeBoer away. That guy just played for a national championship and coaches at Alabama. Yeah. Like I, the, the, I think there is a lack of understanding about how high school recruiting works. It, it is. You have coaches take Steve Sarkeesian. Steve Sarkeesian is recruiting the same relationships that he had at USC at Washington, at Alabama, that he's now got at Texas. He is, those relationships are not, hey, uh, I'm looking for Billy Joe Thomas. He's the football coach at your high school. 
Like Steve, those relationships are decades long, dude. Kyle Whittingham's a great example of that. Like, why did why did Dennis Erickson, for those of you who remember Dennis Erickson, mm -hmm. why was Dennis Erickson such an important part of Kyle Whittingham's career at Utah? Well, because he opened up Florida for, for Utah. All of a sudden you started because Dennis Erickson's got great relationships and inroads because oh. he can call any high school coach in Florida and they're going to call him Dennis. Yeah. It's a relationship game. And today, today, that relationship runs deep for decades. And a guy like Kalen DeBoer with his background and the fact now that he's able to get a guy like, you know, Big Penix Energy and you put together these wide receivers. Do you not think that when he goes and talks to a wide receiver, do you really think he's talking about what the wide receivers at Alabama have done? No, he's talking about what he did at, at Washington. Yeah. He doesn't have to hide from that. I just think you, you I, again, I'm just going to keep saying it. I feel like I'm being repetitive. Don't undersell this guy. This guy just went further than anybody in the SEC did this year out of the Pac-12. Right? Yeah, I think Up he in is. the corner of the United States, because don't forget that either. Kids don't want to be 2,000 miles away from their family, right? Ideally, if you're a top-end NFL prospect and you're trying to figure out where you're going to go to school, well, okay, if my everyone's in Florida, I'm cool. I'm cool. I can go to Alabama, right? Like if I'm staying, if my family, if I grew up in the South, well, I'm going to probably try and stay in the South. I'm going to play in the SEC. Yeah, and I think there's always going to be that kid. There's yeah. always going to be, hey, I'm never going anywhere but Clemson, LSU, Notre but Dame. But my point is, Kalen was able to get those kids to go to Washington, bro. Yeah. Like, this guy's talented. Yeah, I I, I think that when you look at Kalen DeBoer, and it's, it, again, it's another reason why his staff is so critically important, right? Because he, he, you, are, you are in high school recruiting what your relationships are. Mm-hmm. So if you don't have any relationships, you're you're going to struggle to recruit in high school. You are. It's why, you know, every idiot in America that was like, Tommy Reese is getting that job at Alabama. No, he's not. Tommy Reese doesn't. Tommy Reese is a guy who hasn't. <laughs> Tommy Reese hasn't even soiled his diaper long enough to be a head coach at Alabama. Yeah. Like, why do you think Marcus Freeman is such an interesting dude? Because he isn't recruiting at, at some crazy level at Notre Dame. Notre right? Dame, but our mother. He's also a guy that's been able to have conversations. Yeah. So Tommy Reese doesn't have the resume you need. He didn't just coach in the national championship. And you're not going to, I don't know. I could go on. I, I think there's just all these ideas that people are like, oh, man, I can't believe XYZ went. How do you think Tua Tungavailoa wound up at Alabama? and not USC. How do you think a guy like Manti Teo wound up at Notre Dame instead of USC? Those are island kids. Relationships. It's all pipelines and relationships. How does how how do you how do you think so many Polynesian island kids that you know from Samoa or Hawaii or I mean pick your island. How do you think they wind up at at BYU? The church and the pipeline. Yeah. How do you think they end up Tua ends up at Alabama? Like you the handshake is far more powerful than the pen. And I, and I can't emphasize that enough. 
Boston Mapes, uh, Puka was a Washington guy first. Alabama will be fine. Alabama will be fine. That's what I'm saying. But Puka will tell you he also instantly regretted Washington. Right? And and, and again, it is Port Augustine. You proud of me for that? Wow, dude. You guys remember Port Augustine wound up at USC. Where did he want to go? He wanted to go to BYU. Kid grew up in Salem, really good linebacker. Always dreamed of playing at BYU. What did Bronco tell him? Yeah, you know, Porter, sorry, bud. We just don't have any scholarships at your position, which is a nice way of saying we don't like you. Get the hell out of here. So we wound up at USC, right? But that's the kind of kid now that you can never turn away at a place like BYU because you're not going to, again, Kalani can't go and compete with Alabama. And I, I doubt he's trying to. But you have to find ways to win, and it's through relationships. That's what I'm saying. That's what I'm saying. OG Gary, the handshake is more powerful than the pen. Damn, that's the bar. That's a bar. It is. And you better have NIL money in your back pocket when you walk in the front door. Which Alabama, you know, has that kind of bread. Uh, You know. Like, it's just. I, I think it's really interesting. Like, Alabama is one of those schools that, Never, you never really hear about Alabama's boosters or the money they have chilling or like, but if you think about like what Saban did, you've been in the college football playoff every year, bro. Like pretty much every year, which means you're getting paid big time every year. And if you weren't in it, Georgia was definitely in it, which means you're getting shares of that as a conference. Yeah. I think that. So Alabama's got NIL bread. Don't even worry about that. Yeah. I, I, I'm not worried about that. Uh, the eye patch Puka didn't do anything at Washington and he didn't do anything at BYU. That's completely yeah, false. Says a Utah fan. Uh, now he's a future hall of famer. He has a future hall of famer throwing to him in the NFL. It's completely false in miss, uh, misinformation. He didn't do anything at BYU. Yeah. He was the one two. I'd have to look up his numbers, but two years ago, um, I mean, he played every game, 805 yards and six touchdowns. They averaged 19 yards per catch. Didn't do anything. Uh, in nine games in 2022, he caught 48 balls, five touchdowns, 600 yards. Didn't do anything at BYU. That's crazy. And I'd also remind you that as a wide receiver, did you, <laughs> I forgot about this. As a wide receiver, the kid put up 15 reps on the bench and ran a four-five-seven, and is absolutely dominating. He, he, it's not true he didn't do anything. Like that's a Utah fan. It is what it is. It is what it is. Uh, Puka was the second best wide receiver at BYU. Behind, no, okay. Uh, OG Gary wasn't Bama underpaying dudes because Nick Saban is coaching you. I think. That's conjecture. That's conjecture. Cyclone Steve, uh, the Iowa State woman beat TCU tomorrow, kind of. Okay. You know. Sweet, bro. It's crazy, but I'm correct. You're for you could not, not be correct, you dude. could not be further from correct about Puka at BYU. And the idea you think you're correct tells me everything I need to know. That's completely wrong. You're, you Puka Nakua was was not good at BYU. He was dominant. Problem is, he couldn't stay healthy a year ago. Couldn't stay healthy. 
had a great combine. He dominated the the every time the kids on the field. I don't have to explain it. Yeah. Uh, WTF craps says hello. Well, hello. What a uh, you, Johnny Gonzalez with DeBoer. You could see Alabama with a Penix type QB who will set every Alabama passing record there is. <laughs> well, his name's Jalen Milrow. And let's see what let's see what happens. Yeah. Let's see what happens. You know. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Cyclone Steve, TCU. I know TCU forfeited. Where were we? We know. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's, it's Friday. You gotta understand it's Friday, and you know, people are people are a little strung out from the week. You yeah, know? you guys left the garage door down a long time while you yeah, were warming up the car, didn't you? Know. you? Didn't you? Uh there were there uh, that was an honest question, not conjecture, was asking to be educated on the matter about saving it. No, they I don't I have never heard that Nick Saban said you're gonna play for me, I'm not paying you NIL money. That I that that I have never heard. No, Nick Saban was never the biggest fan of the portal. I think Nick Saban from day one, and he said this uh, many times on Pat's show this year. NIL is not something that you're in control of. You don't have to like it, but it's here, so you have to embrace it and foster it. Yeah. But he he was much more about that's why Caleb Downs is, was such a huge story because Caleb Downs showed that Nick Saban evolved as a coach because mm-hmm. Nick Saban no, does not like freshmen. Nick Saban does not like young guys. But when you don't like freshmen and young guys, they go to Georgia. Caleb Downs came to Alabama to play for Nick Saban, who turned him into. An all-American, all SEC, and a cat who led Alabama in tackles as a freshman, which had never happened before. That's the most important part of that. It had never happened before. That's why it was so significant. Yeah. It was a big deal, man. Uh Aaron Wilson staying on brand. Taj Brooks better than Puka. Totally agree. <laughs> and, and I think uh Puka Nakua um is Puka Nakua. Puka Nakua is not the running back that Taj Brokes is. Like Taj Brokes. The worst way I could pronounce that. You know. Uh Shooter Texas. Puka Nakua was a hell of a receiver at BYU. <laughs> that dude is way <laughs> off. In 2021, when Baylor uh shut down the run game, Puka Nakua was all they had, and it kept BYU in the game. I I'm agree. Yeah, Puka Naku is a bad dude. He's right. He's a terrible wide receiver. Yeah, I mean, bad, awful, dude. I mean, awful. ask any Utah fan. They'll tell you. You know. Uh, the eye patch, and there it is. Couldn't stay healthy at BYU. Oh, excuses. Okay, well, sure, he missed games, but did he put up numbers? So let me get this right. He played all 12 two years ago and then got hurt last year. You saying Puka Nakua <laughs> wasn't good at BYU is like saying Brant Keithy's an average tight end. Like, I'm trying. Like, like it, what listen, do you mean, dude? We can sit here and we can talk about – do you understand that Puka Nakua at, at – <laughs> you understand that Puka Nakua was such a good offensive weapon that they designed run plays for him. You understand – and I think the stat, if I remember correctly, is – he averaged 9.5 yards a carry, Puka Nakua. <laughs> Puka Nakua averaged nine and a half yards a carry. 
at BYU. I think he had like 400 yards rushing. The, guy, the cat misses three games, and now we're making – I don't know why – Utah fan, this is – be better than this. I don't know this why you're – This is why you have the reputation you have. Like, the the kid is the, – the, the kid was absolutely dominant, and you're the one saying he can't stay healthy. I said he missed three games. He got hurt his last season. That doesn't mean that he couldn't stay healthy. Like, I – I this is why I hate Utah fans when it comes to BYU because you guys won't ever ever tell the truth. Nobody threw beer on Max Hall's mom. Oh yeah, wait, they did. That's right. But my point is, you just won't you won't say like Steve Young sucked and Jaron Hall sucked and Zach Wilson sucked and Ty Detmer sucks and that championship was in 1984 and they sucked back. That like why? It, like, it wears me out that anytime we bring up BYU and say anything good about any of their players, Utah fans, like, they suck. It's excuse. Like, get out of here. Like, what, what, are, what are we even doing? Yeah. It drives me crazy. DeBoer is 49 years old. Saban left at 73. If it works, DeBoer coaches the Tide for the next 24 years. I think those chances right now are very low because it's almost impossible to replace Nick Saban. Yeah, I, I mean, completely. The odds are so against you. Mapes, it's okay, iPatch. You're already admitting you don't see the whole picture in your name. <laughs> you know. Uh, Wasikowski. So, again, to my point, Saban left as soon as the schedule gets to. God. Bro. <laughs> next so, com next you comment. You think Saban left because the schedule was going to get difficult. So Nick Saban now is dodging games. Greatest oh. football coach ever. And he's their first six weeks are similar to that of Michigan every year. They don't play. Who? who God. Is it? Is it stupid take Friday? Is that what this is? <laughs> Puka Nakua sucks and Nick Saban quit because it got hard. Yes. Do you like. Wasikowski, did you hear what you just wrote? You just said Nick Saban quit because it got hard. Stay hard. Do you I'm, I'm do you know who Nick Saban is? Do you watch college football on any level? That's one of the dumbest comments that is. And I love you, dude. And I'm here for all the BS and the fun that we have. This is one of the stupidest things I've ever heard anybody on this show say. Um, that Nick Saban quit because it got hard. Okay. Cocaine like, is a hell of a drug. I wish it were vodka. It's water, but Bro, I need it. Like, I, I, I don't know, dude, where you're, where you're getting this thought from or like, dude, this was one of his most difficult seasons and he still damn near went to the national championship. This was game. his best coaching job. I think ever to go from what they went through and the loss at Texas to the game against Michigan. You're up in the night if you truly believe he quit because it got hard. And I don't want to hear about easy schedule. Michigan didn't play anybody to the last three weeks of the year. Like, are you out your goddamn mind with that? Like, do you understand that in 
in 2009, in their undefeated year, they played Virginia Tech at the Georgia Dome, Arkansas at Kentucky at Ole Miss, who was ranked, uh, South Carolina ranked, Tennessee ranked, LSU ranked ninth at Mississippi State, at Auburn, number one Florida, and number two Texas. Ah, it's getting hard. I got to quit. Um, Are you out of your mind? Like, they beat Florida in the SEC championship game and then beat Texas in the Rose Bowl to go undefeated. I, I, what I, What do you mean he quit? Like, <sighs> <clears throat> That's one of the dumbest things I, I've I, ever heard. I just heard. don't know how we came up with that. I I, I don't know. Like, uh, I I don't even know what to say to that, dude. That's yeah, yeah. Yes, OG Gary. Nick Saban took a very light Bama team to the playoffs. Come on, stop it! Like, yeah, are you out I, of your I, I mind? Mean, and that's an LSU fan right there. Are you out of your mind? Oh my God, Robert Fowler! It's stupid comment Friday on the Monty Show. Yeah, yes, I, I it mean, is. Robert. What else do we want to make a ass of ourselves on? Tanner Plummer, eye patch, please put Puka's BYU highlights, then come back and say he didn't do anything with a straight face. Like it's wild to me that eye patch thinks that Puka Nakua was not good at no at BYU. And then only good in the NFL because he's got a future Hall of Famer throwing to him. Do you watch games? That's why every wide receiver on the Rams is really good, right? Because they've got a future <laughs> Hall of Famer throwing to him. Because I know it's all about who's throwing to you. It makes my head hurt. Come on, guy. But, so, <laughs> do I should I'm contemplating this line of thinking. I am contemplating this line of thinking because, as far as I'm concerned, the best quarterback in the NFL right now is who? Patty. That'd be Patrick Mahomes. So I'm just curious if you have a future Hall of Fame quarterback like Puka Nakua does. First and, ballot, no doubt about it. And that's the only reason that Puka Nakua's done shit in the <laughs> NFL, boy. Because Puka Nakua sucks. Okay, then can somebody explain to me why Kadarius Tony isn't doing... Excuse me. Kadarius can't catch a cold Tony. Tony, thank you. Tony! Tony! Can you explain to me that? And I patch, clearly I don't, I just don't know anything. <laughs> you know, so if you could educate little old Monty That's over the here. bottom line. You know, why isn't Kadarius can't catch the eye patch, Tony? Why isn't he doing all this stuff? <laughs> I mean, because he's got, he, he's got. Buddy's probably got more drops than receptions this year. It's wild to me. It's absolutely wild. <laughs> that you know, maybe if he'd get out of the, the temple and get on the practice field with the judge machine like they do up at Utah, he'd be Kalen Clay. In God's name, image, and likeness. Somebody should have showed Nakua that Drez Anderson tape, and he'd be just fine, boy. And that's how I look at it. Oh my God, bro! <laughs> I don't even know. 
boy <laughs> like we're putting the show together today and forgive me no it didn't cross my mind that puka knack who was average ass byu career would come up on the show today hey boy stay hard <laughs> i just can't believe how how that fraud puka nakua okay based on the comment section and I can't read these. They're too far away for me to see. Bam. Buddy looks triggered in the comment sections. <laughs> uh, hey, Boss Frog is here. Dr. Wolf, where have you been? There's Gary Wolf. I'm like 91. Uh, Cyclone Steve, I patch. damn it. I wanted the dumbest comment of the thread. I'll have to up my game. <laughs> God, it was in that moment the eye patch took off the eye patch. Here I am. <laughs> uh, Kurt Myers, hail, hail, the gang's all here. What's up, casuals? How Bro. you doing, Kurt Myers? <laughs> uh, Shooter Texas, Pukanakua and Subin suck. Yeah, Subin. <laughs> someone started drinking early this way. I'm yeah. pissed about nothing but the time. That boy, know. Nick Saban, let me tell you something about that shitty head coach. <laughs> I ain't never won nothing, and now he's all terrified because I made him play nine conference games, boy. He has our full respect. <laughs> we gotta put my headphone. Put me, hey, boy. Okay, okay, okay. Quick story. So when we, when you know, when we first moved into our palatial studios on the 80th floor of this building, woo, we got in trouble <laughs> for how loud we were being. Now we haven't had any more sound oh. complaints but dumbass they're comments they're like coming puka nakua was, Boy. was average at byu is a reason to get noise oh. violated it is it, it is okay can, can i see what, what else is buddy saying i mean do we have any more iconic comments in the comment section um og gary this might be a short show. We about to have money. Yeah, this might the be a five o'clocker, bro. <laughs> <laughs> I saw you snag a free membership. Mrs. Monty is in the chat, and she'd like everybody to hit oh, thumbs up. Okay. Uh, yeah, please do. There's 250 people still watching the show, which is a feat in itself, <laughs> considering the stupidity. <laughs> God damn it. Uh, yeah, so 250 people watching the show, and only 93 of you hyenas have hit the like yeah, button. Yeah, dude. Please, I'm begging. Now, can I, patch, I beg? I patch, I patch real quick, dude. If if you come into the comments section and admit you only said that to hijack the show. Didn't say he wasn't good or sucked. Fact. Oh. oh. So now we're backtracking. Oh. Do we need to scroll back up and read the part where you said he sucked? I really was hoping you wouldn't say that. Uh, I patch. I didn't say he sucked. I said he didn't do anything at Washington or BYU. So he sucked. Right, I patched. Damn, I'm good. You guys are like Leatherface at the end of the Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Okay, I mean, it, it, you know. So wait, let me get the and, and you tell me, Monty. 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 Hey, Monty. If I'm just stupid here, okay? Please, because apparently I am. So when you say somebody who plays football at the wide receiver position didn't do anything and, at Washington, and now or BYU, he has a future Hall of Famer throwing to him. Look, here's what you can't get away from with this stupid comment Come on, Friday guy. here on the Monty program. Uh, when you say this, you're you're degrading his talent. You're saying he's not good. When you say he didn't do anything at Washington or BYU, 
Now he has a future Hall of Famer throwing to him in the NFL. You're saying he's not a good wide receiver. And that is one of the dumbest comments next to Wasikowski, which takes the uh, yeah, cake. But it's Wasikowski. So, you know, and he's from a, Plymouth Canton. So yeah, there know. is an intelligence gap there. I totally get it. But Just my, po- my point is, boy, that when you say something like this and then you're like, I never said he sucked. Okay, well, you did. Um, you said he's not a good receiver. And the only way that he is, you know, boy, is because he's got a future Hall of Famer who played at Georgia. Good try, though. You know, good try. You know, uh, uh, RJC, man, can we block Eric, please? We don't block people. No, nah, we don't block people, dude. You know, um, dumb comments, huh? Hold my beer. West Virginia winning the college playoff. <laughs> <laughs> Where's my boy? Is that Neil Brown needs fire? Who is that? No, that's Hella Billy. Oh, He's okay, been a member go, of the show baby. for nine months. Oh, well done, sir. Well done. Oh, my God. Way to make it better. Oh, my God. Oh, and then there's Shaner, a member for uh, five months. I put a $100 order in the fucked up because I love you. Do you use promo code Monty? Do you use that promo code Monty, boy? Yeah. Do you use promo code Monty, dude? Yeah. Boy. Did you answer the promo code? <laughs> like, even TJ Beck has Lincoln Riley been found out. Hey, boy, you think they found out about Lincoln Riley yet, boy? I mean, if they I've knew. saying for what three years on this program that buddy doesn't have listen, a defense listen buddy doesn't coach defense i i you know i wish they'd find out yeah go ahead you know you want hey, hey usc you want to fuck around and find out like it is maybe it's just been trigger money on the money show trigger friday money. You know, why is everybody want to block it? Eric, what the hell did you do? Eric, what did you do, what did bro? You, what did Eric, you do, Eric? Dude. Eric Wasikaskini. Uh, I didn't say Saban was a bad coach. I just said their schedule was always weak, just like, no, it's not. No, it's not, No, it's guy. not. Like, what do you mean, <laughs> dude? How? How? Like, if you're going to say something like that, back it up. Please okay. back what it up. was his what was their what okay his like, last national championship Jesus. was 2021 Alabama football in 2021 okay um let's see I'll go down to their schedule lick balls it was um oh my bad uh just right out of the gate you'll remember at number 14 uh Miami uh at number 11 Florida win uh, Southern Miss at number 12, Old Miss win at Texas A&M, uh, loss at Mississippi state, Tennessee, LSU, New Mexico state at number 21, Arkansas at Auburn iron bowl win in four overtimes, uh, number one, Georgia, number four, Cincinnati, number three, Georgia, they lost. So what do you mean they don't play anybody, dude? I mean, that's a really crappy... Do you guys see how crappy those schedules at Alabama are? I mean, how is this guy... What a fraud. Like, what do you... Like, how? What a fraud. Oh, my God. That's probably too much. Uh, Let's look at 2017. 2017. Uh, One loss, Alabama. Uh, Opened at number three, Florida State in Atlanta. Win. Uh, Fresno State, Colorado State, Vanderbilt, Old Miss, Texas A&M, Arkansas, Tennessee. Number 19, LSU in November. Win. At number 16, Mississippi State, Starkville. Win. 
Uh, at number six, Auburn, Iron Bowl, loss. Number one, Clemson, win. Number three, Georgia, win. National so let me let me get this right. Let me get this right. Week? Okay. This year, this this season, this schedule, you're saying that this is weaker than Michigan's schedule. No, it is, Jake. They're, Alabama Middle doesn't Tennessee. play anybody. Okay. Softy. Totally get it. That's week one. I understand. I'm with you. Texas. Boy. South Florida. Okay. Ole Miss, Mississippi State, AM, Arkansas, Tennessee, LSU, Heisman Trophy, LSU, Kentucky, Chattanooga, Auburn, Georgia, Michigan. What the hell are you talking about, bro? Help me understand. What do you mean they didn't play anybody? And I'd remind you that he got Jalen Key, uh, Tresman Marshall, Trey Amos uh, in the transfer portal. Um, and his recruiting class was loaded, but he's running scared, right? Like, what, what do you mean they don't play anybody? Like, and you're trying to say that, that their schedule's light like Michigan. Oh, I, I would just real quick. I'd like to stop the show real quick in honor of Wasikowski. Eric, I just want to say thank you because I sometimes trouble, I, I have trouble hitting the fastball right down the middle of the plate. So this hanging changeup that you threw, I just. I'd like to thank you because uh, here's national championship Michigan's. Do I should I even read it? Should I even read it? You know they didn't play anybody, right? You you know that. I know that. So here is their 2023 football schedule. Ooh, East Carolina. Ooh, that sounds like nobody. Uh, UNLV, Bowling Green, Rutgers, Nebraska, Minnesota, Indiana, Michigan State, Purdue, uh, the Fighting Paternos at Happy Ending Valley, Maryland, finally Ohio State. Oh, but then the Big Ten Championship game. Well, I am... I, you know what? That this is my fault. Puka Nakua sucks because they played <laughs> Iowa in the in the Big Ten championship game, son. Then they beat Alabama. Then they beat Washington. They didn't play anybody ever anywhere. That's Never, true, dude. Even when there was a fire. Yeah, dude. Come on, dude. Okay, I feel better. Uh, Greg Hawkins gives us twenty Monty Show memberships. Okay. Oh, Hella Billy gives five Monty Show memberships. You know, uh, Cyclone Steve, I respect Saban. He said he doesn't have the strength and stamina to continue coaching at this level. I wish a lot of politicians would follow. I agree. I agree with that. Yeah. Maury Alvarez, our great Floridian. Roll Tide uh, totally has a soft schedule when they are playing multiple top 10 and double that top 25 every year. So soft. I don't give a piss about nothing but the Tide, so baby. <laughs> Such a, if you do not follow Roll Tide Willie on all of your social, you're missing out. Uh, Joseph Harper, before next year, the Big Ten consisted of Big Two and the mediocre two in the bottom 10. Because it's garbage. I believe that's how it's described in like. So don't tell me that that their schedules are the same, dude. Come on. Stick man. to the Lions, bro. Um, Boston Mapes, Monty batting cleanup for the show. That's what I'm saying, dude. You've been smashing these fools all day, bro. Lance this shit's Johnson. going good. Uh, my foot itches. What are we talking about? Exactly. Yeah. Uh, Foghorn Leghorn says, Monty, stop it. Hey, boy. 
Do you even know who Fog? You don't. <laughs> Whoa. Hi, Greg. You showed up at just the same right time. Uh, Big Daddy Magic out of the hospital. Sending me amazing videos today. Big where Daddy Magic, the heavy set one with the big gun with the sweet tongue. He, he sent me a video yesterday. And he wants to bet me on the, the Buffalo Bills game. This is your beloved. And he is telling me that if Buffalo wins, that I have to get a tattoo. The ink isn't dry yet. I can't remember what it's what he told me it had to say, but something legit. And he said, if Buffalo loses, Jake has to get a tattoo. Anything I want, but I have to be nice because it's Jake and tattoos last <laughs> <forever>. <laughs> This is what this homie, he sends me these videos. I should have, I should have downloaded Victor's it. the way. Because his videos make my day. They, they truly do. They truly make my day. I think it's this one right here. You're so sure that our beloved Buffalo Bills are going to lose. Let's make a bet. If the Bills win, you got to get a tattoo that says Victor's the way. Victor's the way. Right across my now, forehead. Now, by some chance, there's a meteor... Meteor hits and kills Josh Allen, and the Bills lose. Please. It's the fucking vernal like equinox. Saying the Bills are gonna lose to the Chiefs, I like saying I'm trusting a fat kid with K. I know I was a fat kid. But the Bills lose. Jake would get a tattoo of anything you want on his body, but be careful, because you gotta be nice to see your son, and you do not want. To have anything embarrassing because you want little grandkids of little victors and little victorians little victors. running around saying grandpa monty grandpa monty buy me a victor jersey buy me a victor jersey all right bye-bye <laughs> dude this fucking guy's amazing and then today monty monday i'm gonna be trying to make some um Sundance money. So Tuesday, we'll talk about how wonderful the Buffalo Bills looked because Josh Allen's the greatest quarterback on earth. He didn't beat you with the throws. He didn't beat you with his legs. Ever. And you better lock your wife up in the closet because he (laughs) might just steal her too. He gets TDs and he makes throws wet really easy. Wet throws. See what he did there. And um, um, my goal is to get a statue of the Monty Show. Um, you, Jake, Mrs. Monty, she was so nice to me. Um, seen her twice. She gave me a lottery ticket. Then she goes, you want to come and say hi to the guys? And I waved to you. And then at your birthday party, she was really nice because I'm actually very shy and very timid when I don't smoke weed. But now I take gummies. <laughs> I'm going to meet Mongo Robbie. Bye-bye. Bro, this is what I love about these videos. He'll just be going on about, okay, you know, great pictures, and Mrs. Monty's awesome, but, you know, I get real shy when I don't smoke a bunch of pot. I mean, when that, when God, that, dude. when I ain't got that lettuce in here, boy. Bro. <laughs> okay, is a hell of a drug. Giggity trusting a fat kid with cake. <laughs> right? It's amazing. Uh, Bro went on a tangent. Yes, he did. Yes, he did. Yes, he did. Uh, Gumby fresh out. Uh, Oh, whoa, whoa. Hail to the little victors. 
This is your beloved. All due respect to Big Daddy okay. Magic, Swift Nation is too lucrative for the NFL to shut down that money respect. train. Yeah, with all due respect. Hello, Billy. Jake should have to get a tramp stamp that says two holes with an nah. <laughs> arrow pointing down. <laughs> <coughs> no, I'm good. Happening. I'm good. It's, it. you know, uh, I sure hope this guy is a character. He's a character on the show. There's no doubt about that. Uh, Charlie Sinclair, what's up with Harbaugh interviewing with the Falcons a second time? He's trying to leverage the Chargers. I don't know. Maybe he's more interested in the Falcon job. Maybe he goes to the ATL. A little farther away from Pukanaku. My guess is that Bill Belichick gets the Falcon job. Yeah. Uh, I have, I almost have no doubt about that. Uh, Lance Johnson, but did the lottery ticket win? Probably not. No. Uh, life is a, like a box of chocolates. Exactly right. Uh, Jake, according to Tanner Plummer, should get a tattoo that says, this is the other guy. This other <laughs> guy. Okay. Uh, I patch says Minty's number one fan. Okay. Do you know? Do you know who Minty is? Never so heard I, of him. I, I don't know who Minty is. So, if you could explain, I do believe that the eye patch has been triggered. But, uh, nah, man, Jake needs that James portrait back tattoo. That's what I'm saying. Because Oak State James, that's your guy. You get you love him. <laughs> exactly. As you admitted on the show. Okay. Uh, I, I you know I think the Harbaugh thing's very interesting. Um, I think that you look at the, and I'm not convinced. I am not convinced that, that anybody but Bill Belichick is getting the Falcons job. Mm -hmm. He already met with the owner. He's meeting with their executive committee today and tomorrow. He's there already by private jet. Like I, you don't bring Bill Belichick in to kind of hang out and hope, right? Like that's not. That to me is not what you, you're not. Anyway, I think it's very clear that that you you favor Bill Belichick. Yeah, you would. I would guess that you would interview Jim Harbaugh a second time if there was something you didn't like about Belichick. So I don't know. Uh, <laughs> you or know, they it's, could just be going through the process, which is what I think. Yeah. I mean, they could just be doing all the interviews just to say they did them all. Yeah, and I, I think that it is – my guess is that if you are Jim Harbaugh, why are you going to take a job very quickly? And we 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 have talked about this. I yeah. don't see any reason you would take a job as soon as the box is <clears> – <throat> There's no point to rushing it, man. Like, it just it doesn't behoove you. Because you can play everybody off of each other. Yeah. And I think when you look at and the this report from Tom Pelissaro, by the way, which a hundred people have sent to me, um, I think it's pretty clear that you have you have uh, some ground to cover if you're the Falcons. The problem is that Jim Harbaugh is not going to take a job where you don't have a quarterback. Exactly. That's the the single biggest issue in Atlanta. You don't have the talent offensively. To hire Jim Harbaugh, and that's why I think it's a better fit for Bill. It just is—it's better. And I think if you—if Jim Harbaugh takes that job, and this is just my opinion—if Jim Harbaugh takes that job, it tells you how desperate he was not to go back to Michigan, because the Michigan job with for Jim Harbaugh, the, I don't think that's a good job. I truly do not. And I think Jim Harbaugh—I think it stings a little bit that he melted down in San Francisco. 
Yeah. And I think he wants to win a Super Bowl. I I think that is well, one of the... I don't fault him for that. I mean, I think, you know, as a head coach, like, and again, ethics, morals, different conversation, but just as a head football coach, like, Jim doesn't want to go to a team that's awful. You know, you don't want to leave a national championship caliber team that you built at Michigan and then go to some just awful five-win team. That's not what you're looking for. And I think you look at Antonio Pierce in Las Vegas. I mean, I, I think there's a lot of pressure on him to win. I would pay real close attention to his coaching staff. My guess is that that knowing him, he will have a David Shaw, Marvin Lewis, that kind of assistant on his staff. Yeah. He will have big time experience on his coaching staff because it's not like his Raiders lit the world on fire. Mm -hmm. I'd, I'd also remind you of that. And if you are Antonio Pierce, you probably have two years of a runway there. But your players advocated for you. The owner clearly listened to the players. Um, I would be really surprised if he didn't hire a really experienced staff. And I think it's critically important that they win and they win quick with him. Because if they don't win quick with Antonio Pierce, dude, it, it could get ugly. It could get ugly. I that is yeah. That is gonna be that's gonna be tough if they don't win. But I mean, you look at this weekend, let's get into the NFL playoffs here on the Monty Show, presented by our good friends at Triday Trading. Trydaytrading.com. You guys, I I say this every day on the show, and I'll continue to say it because I think Triday Trading is exactly what you've been looking for. And I can't emphasize enough that we all complain about our financial situations or our credit card debt or student loan debts, our mortgage rates. What are you willing to do about it? It like and and I I'm talking directly to you because you're the one that complains every day. You're the one that has that this fractured relationship with yourself over your money or your self-esteem. What are you willing to do about it? Because everything that you're working for in your life is on the other side of the stuff you're unwilling to do. So if you are complaining about your credit card debt, you need to make more money. But you've told yourself every single year for the last decade, likely, that you were going to make more money this year and you never have. Stop making those conversations happen and start making more money happen by getting to tridaytrading.com slash Monty. It does not cost you a dime when you graduate that program to start trading because Triday Trading is going to fund an account for you. It's one of the first things everybody says, Monty, I can't afford it. I don't have the, the extra cash laying around. They're going to give you money to trade with. And when you make money with Triday Trading's money, you get up to 80% of the profit. They're going to fund an account. And when you're ready to make all your own money, hey, man, get out of there. Get out of theirs. Oh, they'll teach you, show you how to open an account for yourself. They're going to move you on. Because when you succeed, Triday Trading succeeds. That's why they have no fear of spending their own money to get you started in your trading career. Because they're confident in their program. They know what their graduates are making. They know that their graduates stay in the continuing coaching realm because you always need that reinforcement. You always want to stay on top of your game because the guys who graduate Triday Trading and they trade on a full-time basis are making $1,000 a day. Those who do it as a, a side hustle are making $250 to $500 a day. Do you guys understand that that is $100,000 a year in extra income? Get to TridayTrading.com, sign up for your 30-day trial membership with no obligation to continue at the end of it. No obligation. 10 bucks goes to charity. You get a 30-day run 
through their program at TridayTrading.com. All right, let's start with the Saturday games because I think this 49er game, I think, is critical. Niners are a nine-and-a-half point favorite. 51's the number. 515 Fox tomorrow. Amy Trask, the former Raider executive, lit the Twitterverse on fire when she said that Brock Purdy was not among the elite NFL quarterbacks. Jake, is she correct? Yeah, I, I don't think that that it's fair to say that he's not among the elites. Like, Brock Purdy is, he's not the best quarterback in the league, but Brock Purdy's a really good quarterback, man. And I think, you know, when you look at, you know, the type of throws he's making, because everyone wants to say, oh, he's a system quarterback, you know, He's a guy that that you know has it pretty much hand laid out for him. There's always someone open, and my response to that is simply, "Hey, this is someone who, when I watch him, I, I'm seeing the the Patrick Mahomes style throw. I'm seeing sidearm stuff and pinpoint accuracy and all the stuff that great quarterbacks do. This guy's doing it. Now, is it true that he's got a ton of talent around him? Absolutely, it's true, which makes his life easier." But I disagree that he shouldn't be in the conversation with the elites of the league. He should be in the conversation. Now, do the numbers say that he's as good a passer as Justin Herbert? No, probably not, right? Do the numbers say that you know he runs as much as Lamar does? No, but those are extreme cases. When I look at Brock Purdy, I say, hey, this is someone who's been reliable for the 49ers, right? Outstanding the UCL issue that he's totally rehabbed and handled and he's good to go. You put that to the side, this guy's been exactly what you want a franchise quarterback to be. He took over the 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 reins of this organization and lived up to it. Now, he had a bad game late in the season. Yes, he did. But I'm not going to sit here and doubt this guy. And I'm certainly not going to sit here and doubt Kyle Shanahan at home against the Packers. And yeah, I know the Packers did what they did against the Cowboys, and I know that was some ass kicking, but I have a hard time believing that you're going to be able to run a 40-yard seam route up the middle and be wide open against right. the 49er defense. Right, and I think Amy's point was if you look at the quarterbacks that are playing in the NFL playoffs right now, is Brock Purdy as accomplished as C.J. Stroud? Man, I don't know. I, I There are a few young quarterbacks I'd take over C.J. Stroud, and I'm not sure I'd take Brock Purdy over C.J. Stroud. Am I taking Brock Purdy over Lamar Jackson? Hmm. Am I taking Brock Purdy over Jared Goff? I probably am. Am I taking Brock Purdy over Baker Mayfield? I probably am. Am I taking over Patrick Mahomes or Josh Allen? Definitely not. Brock Purdy is a good quarterback, but I tend to agree with the criticism that he's got the the best roster of skill position players in the NFL. When you look at CMC and you look at Debo and you look at Kittle and you, I mean, you look at, at Brandon Ayuk, who never gets enough credit. You look at the offensive line. Does he get hit the way that Justin Herbert gets hit? He certainly does not. And then you then you say, okay, now let's talk about the most aggressive defense in the NFL. He's also got that. So he's not on the field as much. He's oftentimes playing from ahead. He's in a perfect situation. Does Is that his fault? No, it's not. Is he taking advantage of that? Certainly he is. Does that mean he's a crappy quarterback like Puka Nakua? No, it doesn't. Probably you too know. much. I think he's a good quarterback who's not proven to be great. When do you become an elite quarterback? Well, when you're in the NFL playoffs. So we're going to find out. 
And I think the the 49ers are going to dismantle the Packers. Um, I love this matchup for the 49ers. You know, I think um, Love and the Packers had a great run and certainly caught the Dallas Cowboys at the right time. But this is a mediocre football team in Green Bay. Mm -hmm. And you don't generally mediocre football teams don't go on runs through the NFL playoffs. Their run comes to an end tomorrow in San Francisco. I love this as a 37-24 win for the Niners. Man, yeah, that's an pure domination. That, that's an ass kicking. I, I think, yeah, you know, I think that thirty-five points out of the Niner offense could happen. Absolutely, thirty-five plus could absolutely happen. I'm inclined to think that it's probably more like twenty-seven ten because I think you're going to come out a little rusty because you've been sitting. And that offense is a timing offense. That offense is very much an intricate detail laden offense. So to me, I would probably go 27, 14, 27, 17. You know, I don't think that green Bay is putting up more than 20 points in this game. And the only question is going to be, when do you break green Bay? If you're the 49ers and are you able to turn over Jordan love? Cause if you turn over Jordan love, then I think you're just booking 30 plus points. But if it's a clean game for both sides, I think you're probably 27, 17, somewhere in there. Yeah, I don't see I don't see how the 49ers put up an offensive show in this game. And I always will give a team 21 points. I I, I think there's no question. I think every team can score 21 points in an NFL game. But I look at this game in particular. You're looking at a team in the 49ers who are well-rested. You have a quarterback that and I don't care if he's a product of the system or not. He's 31 and 11 touchdown interception ratio, so he's not 2 to 1, he's 3 to 1, which is elite. And you have an offensive package that it doesn't matter if they're rusty. Because if you're rusty and you can't throw a 12-yard pass crisply, okay, let's throw a 3-yard screen to Christian McCaffrey cuz you don't get rusty juke and dudes in the flat. Mm-hmm. So they have every single way to beat you and I I would just again remind you this team is elite. There is no way. There is no way to look at the quarterback comparison in this game. And you look at Jordan Love and you look at the the way that he has played. Jordan Love has been a surprise, almost a revelation. Brock Purdy's been far better, far better. Now, their numbers are strikingly similar, 32 and 11 for, for Jordan Love. But I also think when I look at San Francisco and I look at the the competition and I look at the like that Ravens game is terrifying if you're a 49er fan, mm-hmm. right? But I, I look at I look at the you know the the win against the Eagles the, that that Seahawks Eagles Seahawk run they went on. I think we learned a little something about how dynamic that offense is. Certainly. It is scary that you lost to the Ravens and Rams and then beat the Commanders. But I think this team's going to be well rested. I love them. I love them walking away. And I just I I don't know how you I don't know how you lose this game to the Packers. I can't find a matchup where I feel like the Packers are just simply a better team because I don't see that. Yeah, I don't think you're losing this game. I just think the only question and to kind of to what you're saying is just what's the offense going to look like? Because I think the defense will be on lock. I, I just have no doubt. It's just a question of, hey, is this offense humming just to start the game? Like, as an example, do you drive, like, if you get the ball first, do you take it right down the field for seven the way the Packers did against the Cowboys? 
or is it kind of a struggle? A couple three and outs don't really get going until the second quarter. Yeah. You know, that's what I'll be looking for in this game. Yeah, I, I my question is, what does this Packer offense do that scares the 49ers defense? Well, if you are the Dallas Cowboys, you haven't communicated well in the entire second half of the season, mm -hmm. and it costs you. The 49ers play a, a really tight defensive system that does not need tons of speak and, and tons of communication because you have elite guys at linebacker. You have elite guys at all three levels, frankly. So, I, I mean, you have probably the best pass rush in the NFL. Well, and, and you're not running for five yards of carry on the 49ers. You're defense. not. You're not doing that. You're not. And I just, I, I don't know. And if anybody wants to, if anybody wants to, to show me how, I would love a matchup that favors the, the Packers in this game. I mean, look at Aaron Jones last week, 21 carries for 118 and three touchdowns. You're not doing that against the 49ers. So you're not going to have the run game. You're, they're going to force you to pass. And my my feeling is, is once Jordan Love is over, you know, and again, I, I don't know if the numbers play this out, but just based on what I've seen, you know, once he gets into that 35 attempts and passes, yep, you will probably start to see some mistakes come along just by sheer opportunity. And so if the 49ers get you in third and seven plus consistently, that's not a winning recipe for the Packers, which I have a feeling you will be. I think the Green Bay Packers are so bad against the run. And if this offense, and it's probably it's probably a little far-fetched to believe that Kyle Shanahan is just going to run the hell out of the football, but I would just say if you can lean on Christian McCaffrey to win this game, and I think they're going to, you're, you're going to crush Green Bay. Yeah. Because Green Bay needs reps. They're, they, in my opinion, Green Bay needs eight, 10 possessions in, in, in the second half. You're not going to get that if San Francisco's running the ball. And with Christian McCaffrey in particular, the guy is so damn good on third down. And the thing that you love about this offense is they're so well coached, they always know where the sticks are. And you so rarely see them playing behind the the chains like they just don't put themselves in bad situations and Christian McCaffrey's the guy that's going to be called upon to control the clock and this is where you get in trouble because then what do you do well now we're starting to creep a safety down how healthy is Jair Alexander right like what is that guy going to mean to this team I think it's a big deal I think it is a it, it is a very big deal and I think when you when you look at the Packers and you look at their issues right now, their injuries are a significant problem. And I am just not convinced that they have the horses to win this race. Yeah. And I'm not convinced. I would, I would, I think a fascinating prop bet at uh, Westgate Superbook, total number of possessions per team. And the Packers total number of possessions is 10, over under 10. Well, which way do you go with that? I think I'd probably go under. I mean, you know, to be honest, again, comes back to that 49er offense. If the 49ers are scoring and they're the type of offense we've come to expect, you know, it, it'll they'll snug right up to that 10 possession number. It, but it could, you know, it could be slightly under. But on the road against that defense, yeah, you're inclined to go under on that. And the other question I have, again, not to be redundant, how healthy is Jair Alexander? 
Because if he's, and I believe he, he is questionable right now. If he is questionable now, they're going to attack him and they're going to make him tackle. And that's, that is, that's going to be very difficult. And I, I look at some of the numbers and dude, the Packers have been a problem defensively all year. It's why they are, they were not in, it's why you're playing the bears just getting into the playoffs, right? I mean, they have talent, but you're going to need Brock Purdy to throw you interceptions. And he just hasn't done that very often. Mm -hmm. And I think you are going to need, you're going to need every bounce. You're going to need no, you, you certainly cannot give up big plays, you, right? I mean, there's just no way. Yeah, I mean, if you're the Packers, you got to play. You, you got to play a perfect game here. Uh, there's no question. Like you got to play. You got to be turnover free. Uh, you got to have, you know, really good efficiency yes. in your offense. Uh, at a core level, you got to be able to run for at least four yards of carry at a minimum, which is going to be tough to do. But, but ultimately Jordan love has to avoid that big mistake is Jordan love. Mm. Like think of it this way. Let's say the Packers are down 10 at the half. 49ers get the ball. They go out and score. Now it's 17 points. Okay. If you're Jordan love, now you're trying to push the ball down the field. You're going to make that mistake. You're going to throw the interception. We know how that plays out. So that's what I'm saying. If you're the 49ers, you're looking at this game and you're saying, okay, our objective here is to put 20 points on the board in the first half and hold them to one touchdown. And if we do that, we will dominate this game. I won. I won the call of duty. I a duty. Duty. I won the call of duty. I got damn. You're welcome. I have the most money I have ever had in my prize picks kitty. There you go. I won. Yeah. How much did you win? 45 bucks. Nice job. I won $59, Yeah, dude. One. Nice. Wow. Wow. Clean sweep. No, I was two of three on a Man, flex. I needed that. Ooh, sorry. I probably shouldn't have looked at that right at this moment. Um, let's get your thoughts on it. Uh, hey, look at our guy, Boss Frog. Six months. Okay. Let's go. Nice job, dude. Appreciate you, Boss Frog. Always our pleasure uh, to have you on the show. Uh, Eric Wasikowski for $10. It's okay. Uh, tobaccos and SEC bias, not taking educational lessons from people who are from Chirac. Are you driving or drunk? Which yeah, one like, is what it? What are we doing here? My bad. Just finished peak at FedEx for drivers. A little irk today. 49ers by 10. Oh, he means Chicago, Iraq. Is that what you mean? Because just like a certain somebody with a complexion problem and apparently paper cuts on his hand, uh, Chicago doesn't have the crime problem it once had. Does it have crime? Yes, it does. It's, yeah. Can we not? Rest well. Yeah. Sir, we wish you very mediocre weekend. Now I'm going to be rooting against the Lions. Just so we're all aware. Um, Monty wins the uh, call of duty. How about that? That was awesome. Uh, Johnny Gonzalez, to put your names, Chris McCaffrey running back for the 49ers. Chris, Chrissy McCaffey. Christ and <laughs> McRiddle Fay. Yeah, McRib. Uh, I think he's going to be huge for them. Yeah. I I truly, truly do. Um, 
NFL is investigating Florida for recruiting violations. NCAA. NCAA, excuse me. Uh, what did I say? NFL. NFL, I did. Um, uh, very interesting. Very, very, but this Florida thing is getting big quick. It's over Jaden Rashada. Ah, oh, damn. Uh, NCAA investigation, according to uh, Mark Schleybaugh at ESPN, uh, is investigating the recruitment of quarterback prospect Jaden Rashada, who signed with the Gators in December of 2022, but was released from his NIA, uh, his national letter of intent after his lucrative name, image, and likeness package was with an independent collective reportedly worth $13 million fell apart. Ooh, that's rough. Um, that is rough. Uh, the Tampa Bay Times and AP obtained the NCAA notice of inquiry that was sent to Florida President Ben Sass, notifying the school that the NCAA had launched an investigation. Rashada's name was not mentioned in the letter, nor were the nature of the allegations. Ooh. You guys, that Jaden Rashada thing was a big deal. That was a big, big deal. Because didn't he end up at Arizona State? Yeah. If I remember right. Uh, Big Daddy Magic, Packers 21, 49ers 18. Okay. Big Daddy Magic. Jeff Woodward. Beloved. Don't diddle Monty's doodle. Exactly right. Don't diddle That's right. Monty's doodle. Uh, Darren Ingram. What's up, Darren Ingram? Well. Good to see you. Good to see you, sir. Um, something to be said about the hot QBs coming off of good weeks. Love and CJ could bring it. Both went for 270 and three touchdowns and averaged 13 plus per attempts. But here's the problem. Yeah. Now, if we look at, if we look at like CJ Stroud, for example, Chicago Bulls star Zach Levine out multiple weeks <laughs> with an ankle injury. Maybe he and uh, Puka Nakua can hang out. I give up. Uh, if you look at, if, if you look at Jordan Love. Yeah. I mean, uh, and I'm not trying to degrade anything that Jordan Love accomplished against the Dallas Cowboys on the but. road in the playoffs. However, do they cover tight ends in Dallas? That um. was the thing about that game is Jordan Love is a cat who on the regular is not somebody that is completing 76% of his passes. He's not a guy who on the regular completes 65% of his passes. In fact, he's a 63% passer. Mm -hmm. He completes 76% of his passes against the Dallas Cowboys. The guy's a, a good quarterback. He's not 76% good. No. And it's because the Dallas Cowboys were disinterested in playing a football game. This is a completely he's he might as well be on Pluto. You're going to a different universe. You're going to a field that's always in terrible shape at Levi Stadium and you're going into an environment against a defense who just wrecks quarterbacks. Now, with some exceptions obviously, but this is a well-rested and now much healthier 49ers defense. And we have not even talked about Javon Hargraves, Warner, Chase Young, Bosa. Like, this defense is really, really good. Loaded. And that's not even – we're not even talking about the secondary that is 
I think one of the underrated secondaries in the NFL, like looking at their looking at their numbers and looking at their performances, when you start to understand that Jair Brown, uh, Taj Gibson, uh, Lenore, like, I mean, you look at the depth of talent that's back there and you look at Charvarius Ward, like you get plays from those guys. Those aren't, and this does not even count. And who knows what Dre Greenlaw's situation is. Um, he's listed as questionable and he's fighting a lower leg ankle Achilles injury that I think we all saw on full display. They're a different defense without him. So we'll see what he's like, but this defense is stacked and racked. Just dude. Don't be, like, can, don't be like fooled by what you saw against the Cowboys, man. Like I agree. It was surprising. Go. If you go and beat the 49ers. Okay. Now nah, we're having a different discussion. That's like the best defense in the league. You did it against them. Mm -hmm. I don't care what you did, but I'm not, I'm not to your point. I'm not going to sit here and be like, yeah, Jordan loves going into a hostile environment and beating the best defense in the league as a 63% passer. I, I, I can't do that. I am curious if, do we get like, you look at CJ Stroud, obviously you're going up against a likely MVP in, in Lamar, but do I get the Lamar Jackson? That is. Do do we get the Lamar that was against the 49ers when he was dominant? Um, are we going to see Zay Flowers and Odell Beckham Jr. take apart that that Houston secondary? Because D'Amico Ryans has made them a far better defensive team. A lot of people talk about C.J. Stroud. Um, I, mm, I'm interested to see exactly what happens. Mm-hmm. I'm interested to see exactly. Yeah, I, think, I think the Texans are capable of making that a real tight game. I, I think that, yeah, D'Amico Ryans, a defensive guy, brilliant defensive mind. Uh, I'm going to go out on a limb here. Their spy game is going to be strong on Lamar. Absolutely. And I think that. But Zay Flowers will beat you. Yeah. So, and and this is why I'm curious. Okay, so. I think one of the more interesting points this week was made by J.J. Watt, who said it takes not one but two spies to handle Lamar Jackson. And that's why Zay Flowers and Odell Beckham Jr. have so much space. It's a really good point. And are you deep enough on that Texans defense to handle Lamar? Because if you're not, C.J. Stroud can have the game of his life and it's still not going to be close. Mm -hmm. This will be a three-possession game if that's going to be the case. So how does D'Amico Ryans draw this thing up? Like, I I think that you're going to, Will Anderson is going to have to have the best football game he has ever played. Yeah. And I'm talking about all the way back to Alabama, uh, high school, Pop Warner. If Will Anderson, um, if he does not have that, the game of his life, dude, they're not winning. You are going to have to somehow make Lamar Jackson uncomfortable and that he needs to run to his right because he has a terrible habit of throwing the ball back to his left when he runs right and you're going to have to make plays yeah and nico collins again against a really good defense because the other thing we never talk about with with the the baltimore ravens is everybody's focused on lamar nfl mvp maybe you should be that defense is absolutely coming for your neck it's like a defense they don't they don't care yeah they they just don't care they finished sixth in 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 just about every every efficiency category 
Combined, they finished six in the NFL in defensive defensive efficiency. Um, their defense is incredible. It, it, I don't even know. Like, what do you say? What superlative can you throw out there to describe the Baltimore Ravens defense? Because I don't know that there's one that covers it. I believe that they are that good. I believe that when you look at 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 Broderick Washington, uh, you look at Roquan, Patrick Queen, Jadavian Clowney, they're front seven. You're not dealing with that. Yeah. And you have a rookie quarterback. You're not dealing with that Ravens defense. And now they're rested and now they're healthy. And you're looking at a guy in Marcus Williams and Kyle Hamilton. And I'm telling you now that those linebackers, and I'm sure most people have not seen Patrick Queen play. The guy is an absolute bulldozer. You're not, you're, you, you're, it hurts when you run into their front seven. It hurts. And Jadavian Clowney, there, I don't know what formula they came up with. Their rotations with Jadavian Clowney have turned him into seven years ago, Jadavian Clowney. Right. Because he looks explosive again. Look what they did with Kyle Van Oy. Bring him. Look what they did with KVN. Yeah. Look how efficient and effective he is for a guy that I I legitimately think he's 78, 79 years old, Kyle Benoit. And he looks like 25-year-old Kyle Benoit. Looks fantastic. Yeah. Right? They do and a great job. You're, I love the C.J. Shroud story. I mean, I think mentally as a quarterback, he's, he's capable of understanding what they're trying to do to him. But I just don't know as a team, like, I, I – I don't know. We've never really seen someone beat that defense in in a, in a consistently enough to win a ball game against them, like in the playoffs, where you're like, "All right, hey, we can get protection, we can run on them, yeah. we can throw on them." Like we've not really seen a a total beatdown of that defense. So to me, it's like, yeah, this team's really good. And 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 again, this is what I always say about football, dude. And I feel like we see it every single week, and it's so obvious, but we're always surprised. It's whoever makes the least amount of mistakes. If Monday we come in here and we talked about how Lamar turned it over twice because he ran to his right, then threw it left, and that allowed the Texans to score two extra touchdowns, maybe we're talking about a loss. But I'm not going to count on Lamar turning it over because that's what I think the Texans are going to have to manufacture defensively to have a chance in this one. You're going to have to get Lamar to to give you some gifts to, I think, stay in this one. And that's what's tough. Yeah, I would agree with that. Nine and a half, 43 and a half is the number. I think you have to take the Ravens to, to cover all day long. The only bet on Houston is the money line in an upset, and I just wouldn't do it. Uh, I take the Ravens to win cover, and I think it, it, I think it barely goes over because I'm just not confident that we're going to get three scores out of, out of Houston. Because I just think C.J. Stroud's never seen this before. Yeah, and, I don't know. I, I don't know. I kind of like Houston to to cover. I like Houston to get under that nine and a half. Oof. I mean, I know it'll be tough, but I, I, I don't know. I, I, I feel like C.J.'s done enough where we shouldn't doubt his ability to at least be in a game. Yeah, I'm not saying he's winning the game, but I don't think they're losing by like three, four scores here. Yeah. I think they're losing by 10 points, probably, if that. Jeff Woodworth, that defense comes a lot. Yeah, it does. It does. Uh, 
a lot. <laughs> Who are you, Brooks Kepka? You know these guys are going to come uh, uh, a, a lot. lot. Bryce Martin, Texans have the front to handle Lamar, but how long can they contain him? Because he will make plays. You will. Uh, and Donuts, has Mahomes ever played an away playoff game? Well, just a Super Bowl. But other than that, you know. <laughs> Justin Credible. Go, go Buffalo. Darren Ingram, <laughs> the greatest golf coach ever. Darren, the weather's gotten warmer. Uh, agree with all, but these young offensive coaches and the uh, shit they are pulling out uh, to make it easy. I think we are all in for close games and a couple of us that's including uh, one of the one seeds going down. Okay, who do we think the who's the most vulnerable one seed? The Ravens. Why the Ravens? Because I think San Francisco's defense is more reliable. I think that. God, are you out of your? Okay. Okay. It's an opinion. It's an opinion. So you think Baltimore is better than San Francisco? I think Baltimore's defense is the best defense in the last five years in the NFL. I think they are elite. I think I think that that because they're not big names, they play in Baltimore, they're not on national TV a lot. I think we have no idea just how dominant that defense is. You're going to find out this weekend cuz I think CJ Stroud is one of the better stories in the NFL and people love the guy. And I think people will tune in to watch and the NFL playoffs have done monster numbers. That this is a this is a an arrival for this Baltimore defense. Mm -hmm. I I think that I think the Ravens are not vulnerable at all. Mm. I again and I'm just asking for a friend. How what is the matchup the Packers have that can beat the 49ers? Cuz I I'm very much a a um matchup guy in the NFL specifically. I think in in college football talent Talent can overcome because we're talking about young guys, not experienced. Coaching can be spotty. The NFL, you're most, when you're at this level and at this time of year, the coaching's really elite. The talent's really elite. They're consistent. They're professional. They're well-prepared. You don't accidentally get to the division round. You don't accidentally play for a conference championship. And, I, you know, we always, we've been talking about Jim Harbaugh. You, you didn't win the Super Bowl because you had Colin Kaepernick who wasn't ready, and Michael Crabtree, who was and never was. That's why you lost, right? Mm -hmm. And so I look at this Ravens team. Dude, you got a bunch of murderers on that team. I mean, Roquan Smith, Patrick Queen, come on. I look at that 49ers defense. What's the vulnerability against a, a this Packers offense? You're, they're going to have to be explosive plays. And the 49ers, generally, generally speaking, the 49ers have been very difficult to beat over the top. Yeah. I, I, I think that the only other thing I would say about this is that is that when it's a playoff game, you never know what you're going to get. I mean, you can generalize it. Hey, great defense here. Awesome quarterback there. But you never know, you know, when we're going to see rando injury for no reason mm -hmm. or terrible decision here or, you know what I mean? Like, and that's why I say, like, yeah, if you're looking at this on paper, yeah, you're taking the Ravens and the Niners to win these games and win them handily. Yeah, and the problem with the Ravens right now is you look at that 49er game they won, five-minute, 11-play drives, because now Lamar Jackson's capable of standing in the pocket and grinding your ass out. Yeah. And when you have the best field goal kicker in the history of the NFL, 
and you have a quarterback who now, I mean, it, it, Lamar Jackson is a pocket passer. He is capable of being that. I, I just, I don't see a matchup in that game that favors CJ Stroud. And the thing that, the thing that stands out to me about that 49er loss to the Ravens, the safety against Lamar Jackson, who got called for, remember that he got called for intentional grounding in the end zone because that defense will play against anybody. So I don't know. I, I'm, I'm here for it. I'm here for it. And, and I, mm, I am excited to see that game. Yeah, I am. Darren Ingram gifted 10 Monty show membership. Appreciate you, bro. Hey man, if you play golf, no matter where you are in this great country, my guy does, he's an excellent golf instructor. Yes. Great. I am. T- his virtual lessons are great. His in- if you're here in Utah, his, his in-person lessons are fantastic. Uh, hit him up, Darren Ingram. Find him on what are you, Funky Ingram on Instagram? Mm-hmm. Uh, hook him up, Darren Ingram. Uh, let's see, four ninety nine Ishmael Montoya. Have you heard any hiccups with Harbaugh's deal to the Chargers? I have not. I have not. But again, I I just keep going. I keep going back to this. Like Mike Vrabel's going to interview with the Falcons. Why? You have Bill Belichick going. You have Jim Harbaugh going. Because all of these. All of these guys want thorough processes. They, you look at the jobs that are open now; they're all in pivotal situations. You have older, older, older. Hello, you have older ownership. Arthur Blank's older. He wants to get it right. He has to get it right. Mike Vrabel's a hell of a candidate. He's not Bill Belichick. Yeah, I think I think he goes to Seattle. I think that's a nice fit. I think. He's young. He's passionate. He controls his franchises. Like I think that that's. I would agree with that. Really solid. If you're Seattle, I would agree with that. Yeah, I think the Chargers are right on schedule. And if if I'm the Chargers, I'm interviewing everybody I can interview. Yeah, I just don't think it's cause for 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 doubt on who's going to go where. Like I think Bill's going to be in Atlanta. Jim's going to be in San Diego. Uh, I would agree. Variable's going to be in. My question is, who gets the Carolina job or who wants the Carolina job? Yeah. Yeah, I don't and know. I'm really curious if Dan Quinn gets a job this cycle because it does not feel like Dan Quinn is a hot candidate right now. Well, it doesn't feel like he's really pushing for it. You know, like how some guys are like, I would agree with you know, that. Like Vrabel. Vrabel's hot to trot to get another job, right? Like he wants another job this cycle. That much is very clear. It doesn't really feel like Dan Quinn is like, yeah, I want a job. Like, no, hey, I want to run it back. We have unfinished business in Dallas. That's more what it feels like. I think Charger fans are so shell-shocked from – just poor hire after poor hire and bad decisions after bad decisions. Yeah. I think they're doing it the right way. I think Jim Harbaugh wants that job. I think that when you have hires of this magnitude, do you want them to hire the first guy they talk to? It's not like I would also point out, it's not like Jim Harbaugh has just been interviewing every place he can get an interview, you know? Yeah. So, yeah, I agree with the thought of, hey, have a thorough process, you know, interview everybody, even if you don't intend to hire everybody. Because, and- again, I was talking to one of my NFL guys today, and he made a really good point. They don't want you making hires this weekend. I think Monday, Tuesday, we're going to get a lot more action. Yeah. And I'm a little surprised that I'm a little surprised that that Atlanta is going to the steps they are. I'm also I'm also not surprised because I think Bill Belichick is Bill Belichick's a lot. 
And I think that Arthur Smith was a bad hire from the beginning. Yeah, there's no question. There's no question. But I also think, you know, look, the Falcons need someone who can come in and, and show them the way. And so hmm. I'm not so sure about Belichick's ability to develop a quarterback because I think if he was a prolific developer of quarterbacks right now, Mac Jones would have been a hell of a lot more than he was. But I do know Bill Belichick can put together an elite defense because they yeah. had one. And I think if he can just find a proper offensive coordinator, you're you have smoke for a playoff run. Yep. Chuck B says, uh, pass due on some wedge talk. 58 degree with bounces coming around a 58 degree. Yeah, I'm not a big 58 degree guy. See, I when I got fit for my PXGs, the they're and I probably I'm not t telling you anything you don't know. I think your wedges are your most important clubs. Uh, I'm a big believer when my game is right, and that's pretty flipping rare. Uh, I am, I am generally driver wedge putter. I don't play a whole lot of irons. And now that my driver's a little more, my last two rounds, my driver's been much, much better. And I've been, you know, I've been three, 300 plus my last, my last two rounds driving the ball. You, I play a 50, 54, 60. And I, the, the, the hack that I have found with my wedges when they're working and there's not a lot of times my wedge, hey, you know, the frustrating thing about my wedges is it used to be a weapon. And sometimes I just am not a good wedge player, but here, no, there hitting my 54 out of the bunker has made a huge difference for me. Not not having, and it depends on a whole bunch of shit. Like what what's the distance of the bunker shot? Like I'm not a I'm not in the bunker a lot historically, but I have been more because my my wedges have just been terrible. Uh, a lot. But when I stopped using the sixty and I went to the fifty four in the in the bunker, it a lot more control, a lot softer, um, and. I think a lot of times when I would swing my 60 in the sand, it would just go further than I wanted it to go. And that 54 has made it so I can swing a little softer and I don't have to, like, I think one of the mistakes we make in certain bunker shots is we open our face way up, oh, way up and we want the ball to go up in the air. It doesn't always have to be that way. And I think the 54 has been a good club for me, but the, the wedges from PXG, I think that's their, their best club. Uh, Darren Ingram, bounce more important than loft with wedges. I would agree with that. Yeah. I I have, and I need, to, my swing is just, I went to Top Golf the other day and just should have not gone. But <laughs> it was freezing cold. I never got loose, and I just can't hit a wedge to save my life right now. But um, just the this idea that, you know, you, you, everybody should be able to hit a driver 300 yards. Like, I think it's one of the stupidest things that people do. Like figure out what you're, what you're capable of doing. And it, it, listen, if you're a 250 240 dry off the tee box, you're going to be hitting six, seven, eight, a lot. For me, the biggest issue is I don't hit five I, in my bag. I have five through nine for irons. I have a pitching wedge and then I have wedges. I have my, again, my 50, 54, 60. I don't play long irons and I almost never play rescues. 
Never. I on longer courses on like part 600 yard par fives, I had a driver, I had a three wood and a wedge. Uh, any, any par four, I'm going to drive it. And I'm probably inside of a hundred yards, depending on how long that thing is. So you, you're, you're, if you're out there practicing, get good at a hundred yards. Yeah. I, it, it just, I, I wish that I had listened, Darren, I wish I had listened to Darren long ago because the driver, the driver is one thing, but man, what good is a 300 yard drive? If you can't hit a hundred yard approach shot. Yeah. Yeah. What good is it? Irons and wedges in are how you score. Yeah, I, I you have to be able to. I've always been able to putt. Now I I I am convinced that I will be able to hit a driver, and damn it, I am going to become an elite wedge player because I'm going to focus. I don't have anywhere where I can practice at 100 yards. It's very difficult to find a a legitimate hole setup where you can just hit 10, 12, you know. 50s, 54s, 60s, like, because my short game, hey, if I'm in the rough around the fringes, what I, I, I'm fine with that. You put me at my worst distance is 110 yards. Mm -hmm. You put me in 110 yards and I'm stuck because I don't trust my 50 anymore. I can hit a 50 degree wedge, probably 120 yards. I can hit a pitching wedge, 140, 150 yards. Something like that. I can hit a nine iron 170 yards. Like I know my distance is pretty well. I go uh, probably 160 yards. Anything over 160, I'm hitting an eight. Anything over 170, I'm hitting a seven. 180, I'm hitting it and on and on and on. I struggle at 110 yards. Mm -hmm. I that 50 degree. You have to trust the wedge to do it for you. You have to trust the wedge. Yes. And if you don't make a contact, there's a there's a price to pay for that, and, and that's going to be short. What did I say to you about my wedges today, dude? I I, I've got to get that my right arm on my wedges. I've got to get that right arm working. What did Darren Ingram say? Practice wedges with right hand only. Get feel for the wedge doing the work. Yeah. Exactly. Because when right. you hit it right, it'll go the as far as you want it to. When go. we were in Anna, in Anaheim Hills, yeah, I hit a hundred and fifteen yard, fifty degree, within ten feet of the pin. Yeah. Went to Wolf Creek, hit a three hundred and twenty something yard drive over Wolf Creek, eighty yard wedge shot. <laughs> what? It doesn't. Because I haven't worked on it. I've been so yeah, focused I, on getting my driver right. Practice is all it is with golf. You have to be able to practice. And if you can't yep. practice, you can't expect to play well. I agree. Anyway, uh, Katie Raider, Monty is going elite in the wedge. Absolutely. I'm going deep and elite. Uh, Gumby says elite potato wedge. Okay. No. Uh, I bought a 52 wedge because of one par three that was in between my pitch and my sand. Yeah, I think learning... And now I feel like I'm not starting over, but I'm so out of tune because it's been three weeks. Yeah, you have to build back. I mean, that's, yeah. that's how the game works. I mean, when winter hits, it's difficult. Unless you have, again, unless you have like a sim in your basement or access to a sim where you don't have to pay $50 an hour to use it, your 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 game is going to regress. And then you're going to build it back up as fast as you can. I hate winter. Um, But the one thing my I'm going to focus on especially early in the season, it's going to be wedge play. It, it's guy of a course by my house that has a, a beautiful pitching area. 
And I, I don't know how I'll get to 100 yards because it doesn't really have 100 yards, but I've got to work on that 100-yard 50 degree. And really, it should be 100-yard 54. Yeah. Because I can hit my 54 100 yards. Yeah. That's, ooh. Anaheim Hills is a goat trail. Yikes. It, I love Anaheim Hills. Yeah. I, the, dude, I almost lost my shit on the front nine in Anaheim Hills because, dude, I was, I was hitting, I was one of those, you know how you're, you're teetering with your driver, right? And you're swinging the driver in all of the, the first nine, like, let's call it first seven holes left. And it was just, you're just like, okay, this is going to go left. Let me, and, and you're like, okay. I'm telling you. And then I'm, we made the turn. We went up to that hole with the double fairway. Yeah. yeah. And there's, you look down on these two trees and I just hit a shot and it turned my driver around. Yeah. Like, you have to, you have to find your way. You ha I'm a big believer that you're going to have rounds where you're playing like crap. Always. Right. And it's those rounds if you can figure out how to just get through those rounds and understand, okay, I'm not playing good golf today. The world's not ending. The sky's not falling. I just need to go shot to shot and do what I can. If you can do that, golf gets better. I've gotten much better with my emotions. Early in this, the, this past season, we, when we were playing uh, South Mountain, yeah, I almost lost my mind. Like it, and the thing you forget this course, South Mountain here in Salt Lake City, it's a terrible golf course. I'll be honest with you; I will never play it again. Like it's the topography's terrible. The greens are are really hard. Your second shot is you're always on a slope, or it, like it drove me crazy. But the thing I learned in Hawaii was playing Kolina. Hawaii golf is different. I thought Turtle Bay, I don't know what you thought. Turtle Bay was one of the most overrated courses I've ever played. But beautiful course, straightforward, very playable. Yeah. Beautiful course. Yeah. Not hard to play. Not a difficult course. Just not like Colina is wow, dude. Like Colina has several fairways, several greens, several shots that were just like, God damn. Right. And there are two, the ocean hole, what is that? 17, 17 and 18 at Turtle Bay. The, you're sitting on the ocean on 17. But if you want ocean golf, Pelican Hill in Newport Beach, dude. Yeah. I think the, the, yeah, Pelican Hill is the best course I've ever played. There's just, it's just not in question. Yes. Turtle Bay was frustrating because it was raining. We didn't have a chance to warm up. We did it in the winter. So the sun was going down earlier. This this coming season, I won't go to golf courses where their range is not available. I will call them. I will see if it's available. And if it's not available, I'm not going. Yeah. Because there's no point, in my opinion, to going out and playing golf when you can't warm up. Unless you're somebody who is cool with, hey, the first probably five to six holes, that's my warm-up. And then the I back just need nine a place. is where... But even if you have a net. Even if you have like, I'm trying to think what that course was. The wind. Oh, the wind. Net, yeah, the wind. The wind. Nice net set up. The wind has a doesn't have a driving range. Wind golf just has like this area that's nets. And, if you think about like the netting, the way you know how like a top golf that's really tall netting at the wind, they have something similar to that, and it's like probably ten different bays, if you'll call them that, like just match you're hitting yeah. off of. And you can you can warm up and find your swing, but my point is is that you can't. Like the hard part with golf is you have to practice a lot. Yes. You have to constantly practice, and I'm cool with that. I'm not even complaining about that. 
But the biggest difference is, is if I'm like Copper Rock in 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 Hurricane Utah, amazing warm up session. Like a like you can get fully loose and warmed up. So when you go to that first tee, if you slice it, that's on you, not on the fact that you didn't warm up. And I'm cool with that. I'm yep. like, hey. If I'm cold and I go up to that first tee, I'm not amused that I paid a hundred bucks to play your course where I can't warm up. That doesn't yeah. work for me. Yeah. So that's why I say, like, I just think golf is such a there's a course right by my house that the range is always closed. They have this beautiful driving range, always closed. And I'm just like, what are we doing here? I wouldn't buy a membership at your course. <laughs> Never your range is always closed. What Never. am I paying and, for? And if I'm in Salt Lake, and again, Darren Ingram at Canyons, I'm going to Canyons to play golf because I love mountain golf. I love mountain golf. I do not like desert golf nearly as much as I like mountain golf. Yeah. Right? Like, I love mountain golf. I love ocean really, golf. Dude, the thing that stood out about ocean golf at Pelican Hill was just how plush everything is. And I know that sounds, like, obvious, right? Oh, it's ocean golf. Of course. it. But you don't really understand, like, how plush the green is and what that means for your yes. approach shot until you start playing those kinds of courses. Because, like, mountain golf or desert golf, the green is harder. So you have to be more conservative going in because you'll roll off a lot. Ocean golf, you can hit just just mile high shots and land them. And I and I hit the stick. ball very high. Yeah, and it'll stick. I hit the ball very. But the other thing is, you know what I like about about playing at Pelican Hill or Anaheim Hills, you have to hit the ball. Yeah, there's a like when we played at Win, you can the ball just flies in the desert. Yeah, it just flies in the desert. What I love about Canyons golf so much, it's great that you can hit the ball 300 yards, dude, but you better be on the fairway. You yeah. have to be accurate. You have to be able to play golf to play well. Well, and at Pelican Hill, you're at ocean level, sea level, so the ball does not go as far. No, and you're hitting over Canyons, and you're hitting over – like, I, I, I agree with you 100%. Golf is a game of practice. It's not a game of playing golf. I think you have to practice and then play half as much as you practice. Yeah. And I – that's – yeah, I I am. Mm. And, and uh, that's what I think is hard. Like, you know, for guys like you or whatever, who are really competitive, like you want to be good at overly it. competitive. Like you, you can't, it, you have to have proper expectation. I would never expect to play well on the front nine. If I can't warm up, like that's why I don't never. care about my score. Like there are so many rounds this year where we couldn't warm up that I didn't even keep score on the front nine. I was like, I'm not keeping score. I'm literally standing on the sea box, ice cold, not like temperature wise. Just we, I enjoy golf more when I don't keep score. Like I was at, I used to keep every stroke. I used to like this pretty much this whole season, all the way through like October, I scored every stroke Yeah. and I, I really worked on my handicap and I really worked on my second shot and, and Hey, I was like between an eight and a 10 handicap, most of August, September, October. And then we stopped keeping score and golf became a whole lot more enjoyable. And I, 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 yeah. Darren Ingram says, Monty, I got better with my emotions. I did. I did. I absolutely did. Uh, Puka Nakua did nothing at BYU. Golf is a mental game. A hundred percent. It takes 25 strokes to make it to the hole. Pretty good. Um, That's the worst part about golf for me. When I play well, like I've shot, my best round is 76. Yeah. I, I'm, I can play golf. And I, I rarely, if ever go over 90, I like, I, I don't, I'm not a hundred. You're an eighties player. I'm an eighties player on a regular player. basis. Yeah. 
but man, there are just some swings of the club where I'm like, dude, who does that? Yeah, you're I, I, it, your thing, mind numbing. You you look at it like, man, how could that ever happen? How in the world could I swing it that way? And it's like, dude, <laughs> it's wild. It's part of the game, bro. It's not an easy game. No, it's not. And and that's where I think it it it, it becomes challenging because it's like, yeah, I know why I sliced the ball. That doesn't mean I can just fix it. Like, I can tell I know. you a million times, hey, dude, can't chop down on the ball with your wedge. You still chop down on then you get frustrated. So it's like that's how golf works. We have we understand what not to do, but it feels natural, so we still do it. So do you, you need – Do you know how long it took me just to learn to turn my upper body? Yeah, I mean, it's incredible. Six, eight, 12 weeks yeah. of just working and – and not watching, like Darren Ingram always says to me, don't watch those guys on you. I do not watch YouTube golf. I don't, like, I really do not. The thing that I've learned and the reason I think I've progressed is taking lessons and then videotaping all of my swings. It When I go to the range and I video my swing, dude, I can tell you the, the I, it's the only reason I, I feel like I vastly improved this you year. You did, you did. Like, I vastly improved this year. And it is it one I got fitted for clubs in the middle of the year, like August, I finally got fitted for clubs. Huge difference. And working and working and working and working. The reason I played well at Wolf Creek is because we pretty much every day leading up to that trip, I went to the range. Yeah. The reason I played really well at Colina, every day we were at the range well, before that and trip. And that's the other thing too, like as a golfer, like Going just going to the range to get the reps in is one thing, but actually practicing with intentionality is totally different. Like, like I can yeah, go, I can go totally. and hit a bucket every day, work through all my clubs and go home. And I'll go out and play fine. Like I'll, you know, I'll still make some mistakes. I'll play fine. But like it's it the stress level of that practice is different than saying, okay, uh, you know, I've gone through my first bucket, my second bucket's gonna be game time shots. Like, hey, I I wanna hit uh 270 yard fade or i want to try and draw this one even though i'm not good at drawing it with the driver like that's where i think you really start to get that next level of practicing yeah absolutely um jeff woodworth i'll have 17 horrible holes but that one hole that uh you play well keeps me coming back it does it does uh just incredible golf was just an excuse to drink i don't drink that much when i golf i don't really drink no, at that's all the I thing golf. with that's the thing with canyons golf right like there are like 17 of canyons is one of the most, the best holes that I played all year. And the, and the only reason I oh, say it's that our is, favorite hole ever, like the way the ball flies in the mountains is just so different. When you hit a good shot, when you're playing mountain golf and with the backdrop canyons has, especially on those back three holes, it just Jeez. is different, bro. It's so different. 17 and 18. They, I can't wait to go back to canyons this year because I can actually hit a driver now. I I haven't hit a high right drive in I made a change when I went to Wolf Creek. So I guess it's been a month now already. Already. How has it been a month? Which already? is wild. Uh I made a change that I I swore to myself I was never going to fall out of my and I haven't. Now it's warmer, Darren, you need to get to work. I'm I I have no weight shift. I can't get to my front foot consistently with a driver in my hand my front foot like spins out. So that's the next thing I'm going to change. And it, it just, it drives me crazy. Gary says South mountain is garbage. Yeah. Uh, undulated and the orientation of many holes are the worst. And like when we played there, 
Jake almost had a hole in one at South yeah. Mountain. The problem is we saw the ball, ball sitting on the green and it was like eight yards from the hole. Yeah. And a good, it, a good shot, but not shot. like, not like, holy crap, I just hit a hole in one. It was so windy. And they, everybody was telling, so it's always windy back here. So it blew the ball into the hole. Yeah. We, is that a hole in one? Yeah, they say it's not. They say it's not. That's how windy it was. And it's, it, it, it drives me crazy. Darren Ingram says, used to live on Colina. Did you really? I did not know that. I knew you lived in Hawaii. Um, I loved Colina. I loved it. I love the area. I love the course. It was plush. We, we were actually able to play with good pace. Like there was no backup. We were constantly waiting for people. I do appreciate that about nice courses. They yeah. really prioritize pace of play. Yeah. Uh, Chuck says, I got five courses within four miles of me with ranges in Long Beach. We played El Dorado when we were in, uh, in California for the holidays. It was great. Um, hey, did the Saints let go of Dennis Allen? They did not let go of Dennis Allen, unless I missed it. Um, and I, I guess I could have missed that. But I don't believe that they, uh, that they did. Um, he, let's see, I know, no, here's just a video right here. Mickey Loomis keeping Dennis Allen. No, I think they should have, I, I problem is the Eagles should have fired Nick Sirianni and they didn't, which I think was a huge mistake. Yeah. Huge mistake. Uh, Justin says I play golf with Bugs Bunny so he can use magnets to keep my ball in the hole. Okay. Okay. So it. Uh, Lopes Van Gabe, I need all the excuses I can get when it comes to golf. So hell no, I'm not warming up on the range. <laughs> you know, Jeff Woodworth, I love mountain golf and mountain mamas, you know, uh, South mountain ruined mountain golf for me. Oh, dude, go to Canyons. Nah, you got to go to Canyons. Come to bro. Canyons with us this yeah. year. Yeah. Canyons is, it'll change your life. Yeah. Uh, boss frog, Jeff played at Trump national in Aberdeen, Scotland, teed off at 7 30 PM wrapped up at 11 and the sun was still up wild. Love I it. cannot wait to play European golf. Yeah. Which I will do. No, there, there is, uh, there is no doubt about that. Yeah. I just, I'm, a, I'm addicted to it. I, I am. I want my goal in life as a, as a golfer is to be a, a four or five handicap. I'm everybody's like, I want to be a scratch golfer. Cool. I just want to be able to play any hole in the world and play it, play it with some ability. There are a lot of holes, and I, Jake, it pisses Jake off when I say this. Like, there are a lot of holes. I just am not good enough to play. There are a lot of holes where, and it, I, I will improve, but there are a lot of times I also say to myself, you know, dude, you're 51. I'm about to be 51. Is this as good as I will be? Is this as well as I will play golf? But I just, the, the reason that, that that concept has always bothered me is because it's not about whether you're good enough or not. Like, you always, you never say that when you're playing well. You never, oh, I'm not good enough to be out here. It's not that you're not good enough to be out here. It's that you're not, you're just not playing well in that moment. Now I, I'm really interested to see if I can carry this driver success over, but I've got to get to my front foot. Yeah. I, I, mm. OG Gary, I love hitting the range. Feels amazing. I love to practice. I love practicing. Yeah, I do. Uh, Lopes fan Gabe golf is the ultimate rich man sport. Pay crazy greens fees. Then try to play as little as possible. Uh, forget that. I'm going to shoot 120 and get my money's worth. Hey man, just, I, I can remember, I can remember like shooting. I think I shot 34 on the back at Wolf Creek 
Like I can, I, I remember those rounds. I try not to remember, you know, number 10 at Canyons last year was probably the hardest hole that I played. It is a par three. And I just, that hole is in my head. I don't know why. I, that's the most difficult drive I have. You're I have about to the hit. water par three. No, no, the one right after the turn. You know the construction hole. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Where, yeah. And and you right before we go to the Seven yeah, Eleven hole, right? Yeah. And it's it it's not a difficult hole. No, it's a really straightforward hole, but it's it can be you know that yeah. huge green. And I, I could not hit that green to save my life this year. I think I hit it if I played thirty rounds at Canyons. I think I hit that green. 10 times, maybe, maybe. Yeah. And then you go to, what is that? 11, um, seven, 11 hole 12. 12, which is the Island, sort of an Island green surrounded by a, a pond. And I hit that green almost every time, almost every single time. Yeah. It's mental. It's mental. It is mental. It just, it just is what it is, man. I, I, Darren Ingram says, just an invite, big guys. Okay, well, let's go play. Let's go to Colina, man. I can't wait. We have my wife. My wife's amazing. She booked us all of our travel this year, is mapped out and planned. She's taken me to Florida to play PJ National. And then we're going to Kauai. I can't remember the name of the course there. There's one amazing golf course yeah. there. She's taking me there. We're staying at that resort. Like I'm I'm still Oh, the plantation course, wasn't it? No, that's on Maui, which I'm oh, gonna that's go back Maui. and play. Yeah. I cannot wait monty is spot on the ball carries differently uh out in the desert played a lot while living out in the sandbox dude right and i love playing the wind dude the wind, the wind was a great course there's yeah. there's no doubt the it, wind it, is one of the nicest courses i've ever played yeah thank you boss for yeah, you're the you. reason we played las it. vegas national was really nice uh, I las vegas that. national just takes great care of you yeah, yeah like i love yeah. that place my I, I i can tell and we've played we're really fortunate in Utah, I don't think it's even close. I yeah. think that Canyons Golf is the nicest course we've played. And yes, we've played the Muni on the other side, and it's not even a conversation. Park City Muni is not a great course. Average at best. It's And you need a marshal on that course, something fierce. And everybody and their mom plays that course with, because they don't want to play at Canyons because it's a mountain course. And that's precisely why I play Canyons. What's the course at the foot of the Canyon? Mountain Mountain. I can't stand playing that course. Yeah, it's not a good course. Um, But I like uh, River, River Oaks. Oaks, I think it River is. River Oaks. I love that course. It's either River Oaks or River Bend. They're right next to each other, and I can never remember the name. I, I, I really enjoyed that course. Yeah, that, see, that's where I would, I would love to have membership there or like, you know, obviously canyons, but like when you want to play in the valley, bro, there are some courses and canyons is like this sometimes, but there's like Pelican Hill. We we got to play Pelican Hill at sunset on the ocean, Turtle Bay in Hawaii. Yes. We, we played, I think it was 17, and the the sun was setting in a way where the fairway was oriented where you're kind of looking into the sun, but it's yes. kind of behind the trees a little bit. Yes. I love playing that kind of golf because it's just beautiful. And yeah, it's, you know, yeah. The the problem with canyons is it's an addiction. It is. It, because you get, you have to be creative with your, your shot theory there. Like course management at canyons requires creativity. And I love like, you know, there's a, there's a Princeville. Thank you, Mrs. Monty. Princeville on Kauai. Yeah. Um, but there's a, and I don't know the number of the course anymore. I think it's nine. 
No, it's not nine. Five, the fifth hole, right before you go up to six. Um, I love that hole. Am I going this year? I'll be hitting a a, a four wood on that hole um, because I would overdrive it. But I love the I love the fact that you have to you have to understand where the flag is. It's got a tiered green. Yeah, you have to understand what tier is that hole on, and are you going to hit a wood or are you going to hit a driver, and are you going to come up short? Do you want because you can't go long there? Like it's just I love that part of the game. I love it. I love the the fact that the seventh hole at Canyons has houses down both sides, water on the right, and there's a lot of space left as long as you don't go too far left. Like, I love planning those shots. The best three would I've ever hit was in the bunker right on that hole, um, on the seventh hole. I had a three wood out of that bunker, and it landed on the green within like 10 feet. It was one of the best shots I've ever hit. Like I love that thinking through that stuff. Yeah. But if you if you wanna give me 10 bucks and call me Sally, hell yeah, I'll go back to Turtle Bay and play with you at sunset. You know. Anyway, uh, <laughs> I mean <laughs> uh Boss Frog, Darren, you know, uh invited Jakey two holes to the Floridian, still waiting for his confirmation, may have a a, a spot available. Yeah. We have big changes coming. So, yeah. you know, sorry, buddy. Boss Frog, hmm, do tell more. <laughs> Boss Frog's got, he gets you into some places. When do we, we need to go play the Dallas Cowboys course. Darren, yeah. we need to like do some golf tripping, man. Why don't you come down to St. George with us? Let's go to Wolf Creek, man. Go to Copper Rock. Let's go to Copper Rock's great Copper St. George golf. Yeah. I'm telling you, it's been difficult because of the weather. Like the, we, when we were coming back from uh, CES, it was 40 degrees. We made a had a tea time at Copper Rock. They're like, yeah, the course is closed because we have snow. It's winter. It's winter it's golf. Part of the game. But St. George now, it's like middle sixties pretty much every day in St. George for the next three weeks. Yeah, like it's going to be amazing. Yeah, let's let's go. Let's hop in the car and go down to Wolf Creek. Let's go to Mesquite's amazing. Let's go play Cop Copper Rock. If you have not been to St. George, and really it's Hurricane. If you haven't been to Hurricane and you haven't played. Freaking Copper Rock, it's it's unbelievable. Yeah. Um, it's a really playable course. It's a really friendly course. Their service is unbelievable. Yes. Like I love it. And there's a lot I want to, there's a lot. I want to play Black Desert. I want to, I can't remember Shadow or whatever it's called. Um, there's a lot. RJC man, fifth hole right before the six. You don't say, yeah, I know, right? Chuck B golf uh at dusk is best anywhere in the summer. It is, it really is. Uh, Justin says, I always hit, uh, with my wood giggity. See what he, he's always, see, that's, that's, that's a D joke. He always hits with his wood. <laughs> <laughs> What's the nicest what, what, outside of Utah? Pelican Hill. I think it's Pelican Hill. It's not close. We, I, I am trying to next time we're in LA, uh, hell or high water. I'm going to play Trump national in, on the peninsula. Uh, cause that course, I got a bunch of people I know there that have played it and it is. It is awesome. Yeah, I think outside of Utah, like top two courses in Utah are Canyons and Copper Rock. Those are my two favorite ones. Now, I haven't played Wolf Creek. But that's in but, Nevada. Uh, yeah, Mesquite. it's in Nevada, yeah. Um, but, uh, yeah, I mean. Wind Golf's got to be there. Wind Golf's got to be there for sure. Um, I, I think know, it's Pelican, Pelican Hill. Hill. Is awesome, dude. Like, they, had a, they have an amazing range. Like, it's it's awesome. Pelican Hill, Colina, number two. Yeah. Um. Copper Rock's probably 
the problem at Wolf Creek, it's a carnival. It's not a place where you're like, man, I'm going to play there all the time. Yeah. You need to play Wolf Creek once to say you've done it. It's a dude. It's a freak show. It's like playing putt putt golf, like with mini golf, mini golf with the windmill. Yeah. That's what. It, but it's fun. But that's that's what Wolf Creek is. It's a freak show. Yeah. Like Canyons is good golf, elevated tee boxes, beautiful fairways, really well manicured greens and rough. Like Wolf Creek is just a freak show. So I don't know that I could count Wolf Creek, yeah. but yeah, you know, yes. Yes, Darren. Half Moon Bay. Hmm. Yeah, there's a lot of courses I need to play. A lot. I've only been golfing a year, bro. I know. Uh, Trump National on PV is insane. Maybe better scenery than Pebble. I know. We almost played it, but Jake had to go to Kansas City yeah. for Christmas, so we couldn't play it. But it it is, dude. Hmm. Uh, Boss Frog, where in the States or on the planet? Because the Emirates... Uh, will blow Pelican away. I've heard. Yeah. I've Dubai, dude. I would love to go to Dubai and golf. I just, it makes me a little nervous that part of the globe. Um, but Princeville, my wife is taking me to Princeville and Kauai. Um, we're going to Florida for PGA. Like, there's some good stuff coming, man. Yeah. There's some good stuff coming. I'm telling you. Jeff Woodworth, Wolf Creek is fun, but way uh, to target golf for my game. Yeah. And, but this is what Jake and I always talk about. If you can hit your driver at Wolf Creek, like if you hit your driver well, he's he's going to be, he hits his 50-degree wedge as well as any club in his bag. Yeah. So he's going to be, now there's a couple of long par fives there as well, but the par fours, there's some beautiful par threes there that. Yeah, my game is very different. My game is how much trouble am I in off the tee? It's that simple. If I totally agree. can drive it reasonably, like if most of the time, like I'm a 250 to 270 driver most of the time. On a on a warm day, right conditions, I can reach 280, 290 right now with my swing. Um, but yeah, I mean, I when I'm practicing all the time, strong iron player, strong wedge player. Yep. Need to be a better putter, but I never practice putting, so I don't expect to putt well. But. I'm ex- I can't wait to play. Yeah, I love it. Yeah. I love it. My wife is into it. She wants to, we need to get lessons going. Like we yeah. just, there's a lot to do. Yeah. There's a lot to do. Okay. Well, there you go. Hey, thanks for watching the show today, guys. Eric Wasikowski says, I do want to apologize for the, uh, Chirac comment earlier. It's all good, dude. Stan, you had a long day. It's fine. You'll just be in the doghouse for the next month. Darren says game management is key. Few drives. If you want to score. I know. I know. I did marry good. Exactly right. The Monty Show is always presented by our good friends at The Advocates, theadvocates.com. Didn't deserve to get in that accident, have that slip and fall. No, no, friends, but you do deserve an advocate, theadvocates.com, or you never pay a penny uh, to talk to an attorney. 24-7, 365, theadvocates.com. Until Monday, say goodbye, Jake. Goodbye, Jake.